when we left off last time we were playing D&D, you lovely folks had spent a day or two kind of wandering the royal holdings, taking advantage of your safe, happy territory to accomplish some things, try out some things. And eventually y'all went to the spa, got some nice R&R, and now it's, it's time to get back to business. And that means that the plan moving forward is to leave the royal holdings. You've accomplished what you set out to do, which was to make an ally out of the king of Udril and hopefully guarantee use of his piece of the route of seven parts when the time is right, when you guys are ready to cast um, your ritual and banish the Aboleths forever. However, before you can do that, you got to get some avatars back uh, because there are still two of three avatars enslaved that you know of. And... To do that, we got to go to the Umbral Sea. So you guys are planning to head out and go back to the Umbral Sea to explore and maybe find wherever this avatar is imprisoned and release him or her or them. And to do that, you need your wheels back, which is why this morning you find yourselves just outside the Royal Holdings, the huge wall with its map of Udril engraved on the outside, gemstones and the like glowing behind you, the morning sun casting an excited, hopeful reddish glow on all of your faces, looking at a brand new looking, shiny, chromed out, restored cypher truck top of the line cypher truck from edison rolling up the road towards you and sitting in the front of it with her feet kicked up on the dash letting it drive itself is elaine mollusk tossing her signature ruby gem up in the air to herself and as it pulls to a stop in front of you she leans over and flicks a couple wingle digits into the cypher that powers the self-driving and it does its own spin drift so that it comes to like a rad stop right in front of you and as the dust settles she kicks her feet off the dash stands up and goes you need to take better care of your investments but right now she's all ship shape Come on! And she invites you inside to show you some of the modifications she's made. Because at your request, she has made a few modifications to your vehicle. The first thing that she's done is she's lined the walls with lead to hide the uh, cypher truck from divination magic so that people can't scry on it or identify object on it or whatever. Um, So that's one big improvement you guys made. And I totally remember the other two you made, and I'm not stalling for time while I try and remember what they were. Um, you increased the range, I think, um, of the, of the cypher truck. So it goes a little bit further and a little bit faster. And you did that other thing that you did. I don't know. You made it cool. We'll go and fix this in post for Spotify. So all the information will be there on Spotify. (laughs) I don't remember what else you guys did. I think you gave it disguise self maybe. And mending. Um, disguise self and mending so that it can mend itself and hide itself. Um, those yes. are the, the other two ciphers you installed. Hiding so. itself being very handy as far as um, like, oh, well, we need to leave the truck somewhere and have someone watch it. It's yeah, like, no, or maybe no you you may have gone with lead lining instead of disguise self. I think to be oh. more accurate, I think what you did is you went with lead lining, mending, and a range increase. Well, then cool. I think that's what you Forget everything I just Expeditious retreat, which gives us yeah. like a speedy boost. That one, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. it's like a little afterburner. 
Um, there was a there was quite a quite a conflict among the uh, among the company on whether we should have the big <laughs> cannon installed on top. There was um, a whole there was a whole meeting about it that. It was a really yeah, but big cannon. Thing. Yeah. It was a business meeting. But yeah, Matt, you were in Patreon that meeting. You just didn't participate. That's that. on you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, the so cannon was fixed. this is your this is your new ride, and with the you know a, a wave from the the Udril guards on top of the wall you are on your way eastwards now this is going to be a pretty long journey and you've got a lot of ground to cross first you've got to get out of udril you've got to ford the river the misty run river you've got to go through the northern wilds the quicksand flats you'll pass the wreckage of the alf tower and the fallen market and then you will come to the fallen peak of Zanir, and the fallen peak of Zanir has landed in such a way that it will overshadow the Umbral Sea. So you can either like climb up that peak to look down if you want, or go around it, or whatever you want. But that's that's the geography that you're looking at traveling. And as you're leaving, um, as you're you're kind of rounding the last bend, a horse gallops up beside you with a with a dwarf on it, and you recognize him as the paladin who joined you at dinner with the king the one who was away on some kind of long journey and returned and he rides up to you and he's a little bit out of breath. He looks like he's hastily strapped on his armor. He says, Oh, I'm glad that I caught you. I just wanted to let you know, don't take the main roads through instead, go to the North and follow the coastline because I was traveling out this way recently on business for the King. And if you are going the direction, I think you're going, you will find that the main paths passageways have been heavily fortified and they are manned by uh, a mercenary band known as private security goons. And, uh, you, you will not want to, to go that way. And then he rides off having given you the information. Um, this will increase the length of your journey a little bit, but perhaps the trade off in danger is worth it. What do you decide to do? Will you take the main road or will you take the, the Northern, you know, coastline? I, I think it may be beneficial to go along the, the coastline as he suggested. I, think with our our newly reinforced truck we will be uh prepared for that longer journey i don't necessarily want to destroy this again uh right after we've fixed it if that makes sense i agree with alan um i'm just saying i I don't like these psg folks all right i don't want to have to deal with them anytime soon if i don't have to I don't like it taking extra time, especially if there's an avatar in danger um, and mm. possibly multiple avatars in danger. The the more time that we burn, the the less likely they might even be there to rescue. I think I personally would rather be there in one place or in one piece and two days late as opposed to being there, perhaps well, a party member down or a... a a cipher truck down I, I, you know for Jeb's defense here uh, hear me out we do we did all add these upgrades to you know our cart what if we can just skirt by the fortifications a bit you know we got lead they can't detect us you know and we can they disguise can ourselves still see us we can disguise <laughs> like, ourselves right DM, now that you've walked away, I've got a question. That's fine. I just needed to get um, the tension pool because chat's ramp- ramping it up on you. We got to die. No worries. No worries. Um, I know this is like a like a, a simple question, but 
would Jeb be aware of any uh, dirt folk travel tunnels that might be in this area? No, because they never made it this far. Okay. The dirt folk were abandoned by their god before they could get this far. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's a western thing. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. My light just turned <clears throat> off. Carry on. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm... I, I understand the, the need for haste. I just personally think that perhaps hasting through a fortified area, especially in a time where it seems as though it's the brink of war. I don't, yeah. I don't know if we'd end up necessarily actually saving time if we got into too many engagements. I mean, you make a fair point. You make a fair point. Um, my, it's, it's really a difficult decision because there's, it's there's benefits and risks on either side you know i mean if we get there a couple days like do we know did he say how long it was going to take extra to if we hug the coast just a couple days just a couple you days just, i mean if you know it's a day's travel up then you go over and then you go a day's yeah. travel down i mean it is just a couple days but there's more than one avatar that we're looking to save too so it's like i mean short short term that it, you know it might kind of even out and long term it might not I, i'm i don't know maybe i'm just being overly reckless but mm. that's i'm i'm going to i'm going to put my vote on there we'll leave it to the we'll leave it to the team to to kind of kind of vote and no wrong answers i think honestly we can we can handle either one of them um but uh but yeah i th- i think we should probably just just put it up to a vote because we've got decent arguments on either side i think that's fair I think we should play it safe as I'm going to be going through the, the rod attunement. So I'll be not able to help if something happens. Mm. That is also I'm a fair point. to the rod. Hmm. I don't I'm know gonna, how long it'll take, but uh, I'm going to vote. We go right through. That, that's my vote. How long did it take you, Jeff? Uh, well, I was like I mean, two and a half months. It, it took me like eight hours. So like, <laughs> not, too, not too incredibly long, but I think you guys said like a month had gone by or something. Yeah, but I also uh, I mean, you know, like I told you guys when I got out of that, we kind of I kind of talked about, you know, what happened. Um, yeah. They had the, the intelligence inside of it told me that that I could take multiple chances to to try and win you know, or you know be successful, but it would it would just every time I messed up, it would take time. And, and I know I, I goofed a couple times. So so no pressures off. No pressure at all. Yeah, you, I just you, you want you guys to know that if we do get into some trouble with something that I might not be readily available to help. Yeah, no, it's fair point to provide fair assistance point. to the party. In that in that case, I think to me, that's extra reason for me to vote towards doing the longer route. I vote longer. I mean, if our card gets damaged, we've got the mending cipher on it, so we can have it auto repair mm-hmm. now. And the vote so comes I, down to Fox. Tension music from the game show. Dun, damaged, dun, dun, how are dun, you going to rectify that situation? Uh, I'll just sit inside side the little compartment because it because it. No, nah, I'm just kidding. That won't work because I'm not a machine. But you know. <laughs> I'll I'll just lick my wounds for a couple of weeks until you get back. So, that's all. We got. I we got we got on one hand we just go for it, which is quicker potentially, but with high risk for maiming, damage to the cart, 
and potentially taking as much time, if not longer, as the other route. Or we take the guaranteed potentially safe route. Here's, a, here's another thing, too. I mean, if we, if we take the danger route and we are successful in penetrating through their, their blockades, we're also softening their forces by taking them out. Fair point. We could be doing everyone else a favor. I don't know, guys. Why'd you leave it down to me? <laughs> well, it's just because you're really slow to make a decision. We all kind of right. jumped on our decisions really fast. I'm, I'm flipping a coin. I will not be involved Heads. in this, so maybe I shouldn't get a vote. Heads, we go uh, straight through and 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 coastline is uh, uh, tails. And I got... So so heads. tails we tails we go on the coast and heads we just get into an argument because we're yeah. at a stalemate. Is yeah. that what it is? <laughs> and okay. I rolled heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mike and Ed's voice descends from the clouds <laughs> with another coin. <laughs> uh, okay, this this coin's got a dragon on one side and a dice on the other side. Matt, which one is which? Uh, dragon is heads. All right. <gasps> dragon, you're going straight through. Owlin has a frown on his face. <laughs> Zod also has a frown on his face. And uh, begins to uh, brandish a little, a little extra pocket that has appeared on his, on his tool belt. But we won't Ooh. get into that yet. What's in that pocket? Who's to say? Who knows? <laughs> what is in the pockets? Meanwhile, during it's your journey, Zothkug will be attuning to the rod of seven parts, or more specifically, one segment of it, a one shin long rod of blackest onyx topped with a dragon's head. Zoth, as you hold the rod in your hand, now fully unwrapped for the first time since you um, recovered it, you can almost feel it like humming with energy, like with anticipation. Um, and you close your eyes, and when you open them, you're somewhere else. And you know what that means. It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern, and it means we will be right back. Gasp. Sinir. Gontos. Kotex. Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat ebbed magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Let's meet our characters for the evening. Hello, I am Matt, and I play the character Fox. He's a rogue changeling, and he has no decisions, no divisiveness, and cannot speak English, evidently. <laughs> Oh, that was it. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm Wash. Uh, I play Jebediah Peppermint. <laughs> he he cannot speak English either. He only speaks common. And uh, he is a uh, molefolk gun wizard. Hey, I'm Jake. I think it's interesting going around in this, like, clockwise circle. I, I didn't expect that. Um, I play Alan Woodrear, the Azamar Barbarian slash artificial. Artificer? He, he fishes <laughs> artificially. 
Um, and uh, in fact, English doesn't exist in this world because England never existed. So, anyway, you take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Latin does for some reason, though. Hello, oh. I'm Trevor. I play Zafka Kebab. Uh, he is the only one who can speak English of this group uh, for reasons unknown to everyone, including the DM. And I'm Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master, and I'm going to take a moment here to uh, acknowledge a particularly good question from our chat. Uh, chat has asked, what the hell is a gun wizard? I would like to expand on what a gun wizard is for you. A gun wizard is a wizard who uses a gun as their arcane focus, the thing through which they cast their magic. And so Jebediah Peppermint, the one shin high mole folk, carries around a blunderbuss, sorry, two shins high with his hat, you're right, um, carries around a blunderbuss, uh, blunderbuss handgun, and now a longer rifle that he uses to cast his spells. So he actually formulates all of his spell materials in the morning into like little ammunition shells and then uses that to cast his spells. That's what a gun wizard is. That's gun who our pool. players are. And without further ado, let's jump into tonight's adventure here at the Winged Badger Tavern in the yes. sort of still magicless world of Urida. Ooh. And we're going to pick up our adventure with Zothkug. Now, Zoth, before we get into this, I'm going to be really yes. clear and upfront with you about the stakes, okay? Okay. So just as the frosted iron section of this rod was deeply linked to intelligence, this onyx segment is really intertwined with wisdom. That means the stakes are kind of different. You know, the intelligence rod punished failures by depriving you of the, you know, the most valuable resource to a scholar, which is their time. The wisdom rod then will penalize failure by affecting your sanity. So even as you're Ooh. seeking to gain insight into the rest of the world, these past 72 ages, elements of those worlds will be gaining insight into you and attempting to use it to subvert your will. You may emerge exactly how you are. You may emerge a changed orc, or you may not emerge at all. So, having been given full knowledge of the stakes from the DM before entering this attunement process, do you wish to continue? I do wish continue. Do wish to continue. <laughs> he he speaks the only one. Who speaks English. <laughs> he lied. I didn't say I spoke English well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right then. You open your eyes to a busy hall. Banquet tables have been pushed back against the walls to make way for a crowd of hundreds, with thousands more trying to peer through the windows crammed into the doors. Before you kneel two gagged convicts, each held in place by two burly soldiers, while a third holds a scimitar to each convict's neck. Uh, do they look spectral? Do they look... Um physical like uh, it all looks real to you okay i approach okay you walk forward are you approaching one of them in particular you got a left guy and a right guy um uh not particularly i'll okay. just kind of say um hello what's what's happening here you have begun the process of attunement. You look to your right, and there is an old lady there who has just sort of spun up out of nothing and materialized in the room next to you. You will now be tested in your wisdom, your ability to use the information available to you to make decisions when the answer is not obvious. So, when you are faced with situations where you do not know what to do, 
what do you do? And suddenly she vanishes in a little gust of wind. Okay. And then nothing's changed about the scene. Nothing's changed about the scene. There's still this roaring crowd. They all like they, you know, they're they're up in arms about something. There are these two people who are on their knees in front of you with knives to their throats. Anything else you want to learn, you'll have to use some of your available skills. Yes. <laughs> um, I would like to perceive mm-hmm. um, the environment around me, trying to gain insight. Like, is there blood on the ground? Is there like a body? Uh, just anything destroyed? Sure. Roll perception Stuff for like me. That. Uh, sorry, I forgot I have to open it up in a different browser because for whatever reason, it's slow in this one. There are no browsers in the rod of seven parts. <laughs> the rod of seven parts <laughs> always runs on Chromium. <laughs> He's just browsing for, for information. He's that's browsing right. the scene. Uh, that's a 19. That's a 19. There are banners on the walls proclaiming the Day of Mercy, which suddenly you remember into it, feel, suddenly you realize that's the day where the king pardons one convict and executes the other. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Do I have any knowledge of the criteria for pardoning and sentencing? Uh... You can roll an insight and see what you know. I will do that. Oh, that's a natural one. Oof. No, you don't know any of the criteria for how the king would determine who to execute or anything like that. Um, would I know which king? As a you're some king from a past era, like you wouldn't have heard of this person. Oh, okay. Um, you are just as a reminder, you are able to use any of your available skills for like different things. So I'm yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna prompt you to roll them, but this this is designed to reward you the more you use your wisdom based skills. That's yeah. the with the risk of, you know, your failures, of course, reward the rod. So. I would like to ask or I, I approach um, and address both of the men kneeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say, what has led you to this moment? Looking a little uneasy, the two guards who have the knives to their throats go, do, do you want us to ungag the prisoners, sir? Yes, I would. Very well. And they reach behind each prisoner and, you know, untie the gag, binding them and yank it away. And the first prisoner answers you. I'm here because I tried to save a life. And you? I look to the other one. I'm here because I tried to save a life. Were you both trying to save the same life? They look at each other. No. Who were you each trying to save? The first says, I was trying to save my dying son. And the second says, I was trying to save the kingdom. What was your son dying of or in a position? How did he end up in a position where you, he needed saving? 
He was poisoned. And what were what did you do to try and rectify that? I sought out medical care for him, but it was too expensive, so I stole uh, several high-value gems to pay for the medical care. And I looked to the other guy, and how were you trying to save the kingdom? What was so dire? I attempted to kill a treasonous person before he could take information about the king's movements to a a coup. And you were caught? And that's how you ended up here? I was impeded by another and killed them in self-defense. How long have you been each been awaiting trial? Two years and three months. Awfully long. Do they look uh, scratched up or bruised or injured in any way? I don't know. Do you have any wisdom-based skills that might help you identify whether those things perception. are perception? <laughs> I will pers- or medicine. I guess I could do a medicine check. On Medicine's both. a great idea. Also, um, just as Jeb could, you can summon your shoulder angels at any time. Okay. Oh well, uh, that's a natural twenty. All right. Um, they don't seem to have been mistreated in their captivity. It's been a long time since the first person made their murder in self-defense. So, you know, they, they're, they seem to have been fed fine. They're, you know, they're not like fat and happy or anything, but they're, you know, they've been given their bread and their water and their rations and whatever. And um, the, you, you get the impression as you look at them that they are in fairly decent health. Like either of them could have a long life before them. Okay. Roughly the same age. Yeah, I mean, middle age. Okay. Interesting. Um, The crowd begins to roar even louder as they're waiting for the king's judgment. Yeah, and I'm going to look out at the crowd to see if there's anyone signaling one way or the other or see if, if people are generally for or against either one. Roll an insight uh, check. Percent. Oh, insight? Okay. That is a 24. 24. Uh, the crowd have been whipped into a frenzy, probably from other festivities of the day. They definitely want to see some violence. So um, although it's kind of mixed on who they want to see die, you get the idea that if you decide to kill nobody, if you grant them both clemency, the crowd may riot. Um you but yeah there there are people for for both sides who are you know or people who want to see both each person someone wants someone dead for both sides <laughs> i uh look towards the guards um and i uh, i'll ask them do you think it would be possible to have a trial by combat winner keeps their life loser obviously does not it'd be highly irregular sir uh we've you know, to arm a convict, especially one convicted for murder in the presence of the king, but you are the king. (laughs) 
I'm going to add think, a die to the tension pool. Okay. I think this crowd would love a fight. And I think they should both be given a fair shot. Um, to, to fight for their lives. Very well, then that is what will happen. And someone stands up to announce the king has decreed a trial by combat. And the crowd, of course, roars loudly and engages and gets excited. And you, um, you know, they, they are each asked what weapon they would like. They choose a martial weapon and a ring is formed. The crowd is pushed back um, against the walls where all the tables in this great hall have been pushed. They've now sort of brought the tables forward to make the ring and this large combat area has been created. I'm going to roll the tension die to see if anything happens. Great. So uh, the, the two combatants line up on either side and begin, you know, circling each other, getting ready for a fight. And as they do that, the... There's the murderer and the thief is how I'm going to refer to them since they're not yep. left and right guy anymore. The yep. murderer raises his club and rushes in for a fight. And the thief at first seems completely caught, like taken aback by this. Like he is not, he's not a fighter. He's, you know, he's, he's a guy who is just trying to do right by his kid or whatever. Um, but eventually he also gets into the fight and, and joins in. And there's this really high stakes combat uh, Matt, on behalf of the thief, I would like you to roll a d20. Jake, on behalf of the murderer, I'd like you to roll a d20. Wash, does the higher number win the fight or the lower number win the fight? The lower number wins. The lower number wins the fight. I got a two. Eh. I got a three. Oh, oh my goodness. Quite the fight. Quite oh. the fight breaks out. Uh, Jake, I gave you the murderer, right? Yes. Yeah. So quite the fight breaks out between these two people and this 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 huge thing. But then eventually, by the end of it, as the dust settles, the thief lays dead on the ground, and the murderer stands with the club held high in one hand and the thief's weapon still dripping with a little bit of blood um, hanging from his left hand. And he stands victorious, and the one of the king's advisors comes up to you and, and says, Sir, you're not really going to let this murderer walk, are you? It is tradition, though, isn't it? One person gets to leave with their life, the other one does not. Tradition is that the king demonstrates his mercy, but in doing this, all you've demonstrated is that continuing to fight against the rules will get you out of them. But he did not fight against the rules in this instance. He was under direct... Uh, I guess... You rewarded a murderer order. for committing another murder, sire. I gave both men an equal chance to live. But did you? They were not equally qualified in combat. I think the will of man surpasses any physical skill. That was very deep. Um, the, the, you know, advisor bows his head respectfully and steps away from you. Someone else comes up and says, sire, uh, will you attend to some other duties with you, with me? And he begins leading you towards a side door. Do you go oh. with him? Uh, real quickly before I leave, yeah. I will state this man has 
absolved of all charges and is now free to go as a free man. The crowd and then I will... roars and gets, you know, all excited. Someone has won the combat. We got to see blood sports. And it's just, you know, it's a big mob mentality and, and everyone gets all excited about it. Um, the other guard leads you towards the door and says you know, that there is something important that we must attend to. However, before we attend to that, we transition out of here and back to the four guys, Ventures and Vibes van. There is a raging storm as you guys have pulled up for a camp. So far, two weeks have passed as Zothkug is attuning to this this rod. And you sit now, uh, tucked as well as you can be under a tree for shelter. You're, you're in some woods near the ocean. You're following that northern coastline as you were instructed. Wait, no. Uh, we no. were going straight oh, yeah, through. You're going straight through. That's what I said. You're going straight through <laughs> okay. uh, as you decided. I, I should have left it because I That's wanted okay. to follow the northern coastline. Um, but right now, the road ahead is going to be too muddy to make any meaningful forward progress. So there's no point in pushing through the night. And that is why you have stopped to make your sort of camp for the evening. Uh, in the back corner of the cramped cipher truck sits Zothkug, motionless besides his breathing, as he has been for two weeks. Um, he does not seem to be weakening or anything. Like it's not. Yeah, I'm not penalizing his health or anything like that. But he's he's all zen right now, and the rest of you can you can barely see five, maybe six shins away out the windows of the cipher truck. Luckily, it's been reinforced and all the walls are intact and your windows were repaired, so you're not wet. Um, but that is the situation you find yourselves in on this summer's evening. And it's really coming down. It's so weird seeing Zoth like that. Is that what is that what I was like? Just kind of sitting there all catatonic. Um, very very similar. Kinda. I I worry as to the best way to what if we are to encounter uh, opposition on this path. Is the best strategy to attempt to simply race through? Like just just go. Just just see if we can ram through or or just just out outrun enemies? Or is it whoa, best whoa, whoa, to whoa, like guys, guys. I I think I just saw something outside. Uh oh. Uh, gonna, front or out back? Um there's it's behind the tree one of the trees out there. Alan is uh, perception. Alan's gonna draw his new gadget out of his tool belt. It it looks very similar to Jeb's blunderbuss, except it's got like a lot of orange, um, like highlighting to it that seems to glow. He's got it drawn. All right. Like 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 a like a 007 agent. Okay. <laughs> so, I rolled a twenty-two. Uh, you, yeah, you see uh, like a dark shape, like kind of tucked away behind a tree. Um, uh, and at first you thought it was moving, but now it seems to be sitting still. So maybe it was like the flash of lightning that made it look like it was animated or, or something like that. But there's definitely something that is not like part of the woods behind a tree. I don't know. I could just be paranoid, but something's not right. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look right there, Jeb, do you do you see it? I mean, kind of. This, I mean, yeah, maybe. Do you think it'd be worth one of us like maybe posting up on top 
and and kind of hunkering down and just kind of you know keep an eye out instead of looking through these windows i don't know i don't i don't like this i might i might just go check it out how tall is the grass around here dm uh it's it's like wild grass so it's you know maybe half of jeb's height and for everyone else it's you know like maybe middle of your shin and we're not going we're traveling on a road or are we traveling countryside no you're traveling on it's a main path but there's not like a road there so it's okay. it's sort not of very a mixture wide. between trail tamps down grass and just wilderness okay alan um, will follow after uh fox like at like a distance like kind of trying to like keep like if if jeb is like guarding zoth alan is like the in between Okay. And Fox is the point, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, Fox. Yeah. Fox, before you go, mm-hmm. I got something for you, pub. What you and, got? And, uh, all right, I need you to close your eyes because this is going to be a bit of a blast in your face. So just kind of brace yourself, but it's going to be all right. Okay. And uh, don't do it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> just trust me. Um, and I pull a number two shell, <clears throat> pop it into the front, and... Like almost point blank right in his face, just boom, just like shoot a big puff of of pink smoke right into his face, and uh, he has he has uh, where is it? Uh, these it's like it almost like blows his hair back and up a little bit so that it looks like he has these owl ears and his eyes are almost magnified a little bit. Uh, I'm casting Enhance Whoa. Ability, and I'm giving him Owl's Wisdom, which gives you advantage on all Wisdom checks for the next hour. Oh, what did you just do to me? Uh, you're going to be able to to see and and like perceive things a little bit better. Uh, oh. So, yeah, we need you. We need you sharp out there because that that rain is going to be nasty, and it's really going to cut down your visibility. All right. Um. I'm going to go ahead and pull out um, a dagger and just kind of hold it in my palm. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and slink out of the of the cart and try to make sure I don't get it too wet inside, you know. Can I can I retcon a thing real quick? Uh, if it's a good retcon. Super fast. <laughs> I, I wanted to upcast that and cast it on Owlin and Fox. Sure. I think it's so funny that you didn't cast it on Zoth. I get it. The time would have expired because time's not the same. But I think it's so funny that you're like, here's this thing that'll help your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. Would that have? I don't think that would have affected him. At least personally, that's what Jeb didn't, yeah. didn't think about that because he's unconscious. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Owlin, you have you that. have wisdom okay, cool. as, as well. Advantage. Sweet. Cool. Well, uh, let's let's check it out. All right. I'm going to go ahead and try to stay close to the cart at first and try to see if I can find a path to stay out of the sight line if it were a thing towards the tree. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you you could only see five or six shins from the cart, so it's not a lot of ground to cover to get to the tree that you could see because it's only five or six feet away. Um, right. But you, Alan you, is staying 15 feet away, just so you know. Sure. So you head to the tree, and you look behind it, and you do indeed see some things. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, head back to the cart. 
What 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 was over there? Um, Alan, it's uh there there are dead bodies over there. Ah Well, let's go back um, into the cart and stay vigilant. I I I I don't think we should just leave them there. Are whose dead bodies are they? They're, they're just elves here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back over there. You can come with me if you want. Alan, I'm will, gonna, Alan will come with. I'm gonna go ahead and do a medicine check. Okay. And got a nat one. All right. So, uh, is medicine wisdom? Yes, uh, medicine's wisdom. And do you get an yes. advantage because of the thing? Oh, is that is that advantage as well? Sorry. Yes, it's advantage for the next hour. I, I, I can't listen. Lucky you, dude. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. That wasn't a nat one. That was a 14. All right. Uh, you find small puncture wounds entering and exiting the center of the forehead. Um, just a single mm. wound on each elf where they lay. Um, mm. You're pretty sure this is the cause of death. There's no other sign of, um, like, struggle or combat or bruising or anything like that. Um, and that's that's what you determine with your medicine check. This this doesn't look good, Alan. Do you think those were caused by the the devices we saw them using in the in the fallen tower? Or I don't know. I feel else? like this would have I don't know. Put. Hmm. I'm you gonna can, I'm gonna flip the bodies over. Sure. You can use insight to try and intuit the cause of death. You can use survival to try and you know. So you've got some other skills available here if you wanna if you wanna mess around with that. Um. If I flip over the body, do I see any other wounds? Nope, just the exit wound on the back of the forehead. Or I guess it's the back of the head head, but you know what I mean. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and roll that insight check. Okay. Advantage again, because it's wisdom. I, I remembered this time. Cool. 18. 18. So uh, with insight, you are... Uh, definitely certain that the puncture wounds are the cause of death. You're pretty sure that it's a projectile uh, that killed them, that it was moving at high speeds. The, you know, the nature of the wounds and the shapes and stuff like that, it gives you the idea that it's just a single pro- yeah. uh, projectile shot through the head um, for each of them. As you roll them over, you notice that there's something in each of their mouths. And when you open their mouth, you see that the patch of a private security goon's uniform has been ripped off the uniform and shoved into their mouths. What in the... That is quite dehumanizing. I... Hmm. That's... I did not know that they were stooping to something like this. I mean... Alan, do you think you can figure out, like, what happened here? I, I mean, as you mentioned, it looks like a high-speed puncture wound, I would guess. It it seems like an advancement of the technology we saw them using uh, earlier in the tower. Maybe something also similar to what Jeb and I have been experiencing or experimenting That's with. a little but frightening. Perhaps just to a very precise degree. Like, imagine an extremely small arrow being fired at like a magically high speed that I, I think that only that or something like that could cause like a wound 
I'm gonna go ahead and take off my invisible CSI glasses. Okay. And look under the fingernails for signs of a struggle. Great. As is evident in every uh, CSI show. Um, Zoom. Enhance. (laughs) (laughs) And where's insight? There it is. Okay. That is a 17. 17. Uh, No signs of a struggle under the fingernails. Um, However, you do find some like specks of dirt and stuff that indicate to you that they had probably been traveling for a long time. Um, They may have been between places like just like you are. And um, they you also realize as you're, you know, examining more closely, the black clothes that they're wearing are like an underlining that would go beneath um, a uniform. And you've seen the uniform before. It's the private security goons uniform. So these two elves were private security goons who were um, killed, their patches ripped off of their armor and shoved in their mouths and left here. If you want, you can use a perception check or a survival check to look for, you know, tracks or anything like, you know, any any further clues around you. That is quite interesting. Are you you good at tracking at all? Uh, I can I can try. I think it is quite interesting that these are not the goons. If these or these are the goons themselves, I assume that the the goons were the ones who had Done killed it, them right. and marked them. Um, but yes, no, I can I can hmm. do the the tracking. Uh, survival is wisdom, right? Yes, it is. It is great. Cool. I oh a lot of wisdom natural, tonight. Natural twenty on the first one. Yeah. Nice. You find a single, very well-disguised or, like, very well-masked indication of travel through the woods. And it's leading you not so far away that you can't see the cart anymore, but it's a little bit deeper into the forest. Um, You follow it, and you find signs, like, very, very well-masked signs of a small camp, probably only sufficient for one person. You know, a little bit of ashes from their fire. The ground is scuffed over here where their sleeping bag was. And because it's in the trees, the rain hasn't completely, like, muddied it up. So you're still able to kind of extrapolate this information. But whoever it was, like, this person knew the woodlands really well. And they did a really good job of, like, masking their passage and and whatever they were doing. It seems the private security goons has a hunter of some sort, or that's hunting them. I would think that an enemy of them would be a friend of ours. Especially one, and I would, if they're not already a friend of ours, I would love to make them a friend on this journey, considering what well, seems I, to be their, their skill. I'd slow down there. What if it could just be they don't like people on their ground, no matter who? I would think, well... Could be that's, territorial. That's possible. However, I, I would think that the the sign of ripping off their their patches and putting them in their mouths is a specific sign of disrespect that I would think would be reserved for a specific vendetta oh, against I, them. I agree. I definitely think somebody hates them. Just saying that I don't know if they'd be too friendly right away with us. Meanwhile... In the strange, hazy environment that's been built for you by the Rod of Seven Parts, Zothkug, you are led out a side door of the Grand Hall, 
and this advisor is, is kind of rushing you down the street a little bit. He says, um, Sire, there's been, there's been an incident that requires your attention. And he leads you to the edge of whatever town or city you're in. And you find yourself in a small clearing. And in that clearing, there is some kind of beast roaring and stamping. And he says, sir, we, we don't know what it is. We don't, we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> well, uh, let me have a look and I will take care of the situation. Thank you, sire. And he steps back a respectable dis- distance, bows to you, and then flees as whatever this gargantuan thing is stomps around the clearing, you know, trees are being shattered, is clearly agitated. I would like to use perception to identify the type of creature, like the style, like sure. claws, yep. uh, teeth, all that stuff. Roll that. That will be a 16. A 16. As the beast stomps around, you first take in the scene, and what you see are two massive hind legs, smaller forearms, some wings stretching out to the side, a long neck. Uh, It is green in color, um, and it's got like kind of flowy feathery something on the outside of its skin. Uh, Its underbelly is like a soft off-white color, and it is something in the Draconic family. I'm going to die to the tension pool. With a I would g- like it knocks to, over a huge tree to cautiously approach um, with sort of just very calm energy, hoping that it senses that and does not see me as a threat. Um, if I'm holding any weapons, I would like to leave them on the ground. Um, I don't know if like I'm in like a new avatar style body that has a different loadout than me or if it's just me. It's it's just you. So okay. like you are in the place of some historical being, but you are you. You have your okay. inventory with you, your possessions. You're you look like you. Okay. Um, then I will slowly, slowly and cautiously approach. Um, I guess using animal handling to try and calm it down. Roll your animal handling. Another natural one. Take 10 points of damage as the flailing tail of this beast slams into you and it sends you 20 feet back flying in the air. You land on the ground and skid a little beat, a little, a little bit. Um, You start to kind of pull yourself up and get back to your feet. It's not really looking at you, but it's still just roaring and, you know, stomping around the clearing. Another tree goes down. Um, I will attempt the same thing again. Okay. If, if you will let me. Uh, I'll let you if you tell me how you do it differently. Um, so, um, I will make effort to approach it from, like, directly from the front. Um, a little bit more commanding presence this time. Not so timid. Okay. Sure. Um, just like walking right up to it directly, but still not showing any signs of hostility. And that is a 21. A 21. 
you begin walking towards the creature more directly, not looking afraid. And as it's stomping around, roaring in distress or whatever, it looks over and its eyes kind of lock with yours and it doesn't freeze up in fear, but it stops stomping and now it's just watching you. Um, as you approach it, flares its wings out wide. What do you do? Um, I say to it, it's not knowing if it can understand me, but everything will be all right. We will figure this out together. Uh, does it look like it's native to would be native to this type, uh, topography and style of land? Um, no, it's probably not native to this topography of land. Um, you you say some words to it comfortingly and, and sort of continue to approach it. And it watches you for just a second. And just as you get within reach, those two wide wings snap forward and it gusts you backwards. Take another three points of damage as it knocks you prone and you're slid backwards. With a roar, the beast rears up on its hind legs and takes off into the air. It does a quick circle and then slams back into the ground on the other end of the clearing. Ground like shock waving out from it as it roars again. What do you do? Um, I'm gonna make another perception check on it to see if there's like something that's been stuck in it physically that might need to be removed, like a spine. Okay. Um, or some other physical ailment that would cause it to be hostile. Okay. Um, you, yeah, go ahead and roll that. Uh, 22. Okay, 22. Uh, you do not see any visible injuries on the outside of it. And there's okay. also nobody around. Like, before yeah. there was nobody around, but after this thing leapt into the air and slammed back down onto the ground, it, like, nobody is around. People have fled. Um, so it's it's just you now kind of squaring off with this thing. Um, I'm adding a die to the tension pool. Okay. Uh, I'm going... Uh, can I use... Do I sense I can use magic? Uh, yeah, your magic would work here, but also okay. um, you've got, like you know, your other skills and stuff available to you too and your shoulder yeah. angels. So those are all yeah. the resources at your disposal. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, use the spell command. Okay. Um, and I'm going to uh, tell it to lay down. Okay. Uh, what's the save DC for that? The DC is going to be 16. So the beast is stomping around this clearing and roaring and it rushes towards you and you stand up and you go down boy. And all of a sudden, as if weighed down by like a magnet or something, it just slams into the ground, skids towards you and is now laying down. It's still looking at you. It's awake. It's, you know, it's alive, but now it is laying down on the ground. It's wings still kind of thrashing around behind it, but not actually taking off in the air. And it's watching you very closely. You're maybe three feet away from this beast now. And so, you know, you're standing there looking at like just its nose and teeth of its snout. Being this close, I would like to do a medicine check to see if I could sense, find anything that would be ailing it. Okay. Make a medicine and an insight check. Okay. Medicine is 16. Insight is 15. Okay. Uh, with your insight check, you're able to determine that uh, the beast is not angry. It is hurt in some way. 
And with your medicine check, you're able to identify a discoloration on the gums that um, is is known for a certain kind of poison um, called the fabula hamo. And it's a, a painful, usually fatal poison that can only be cured by a particular kind of flower. If only you could remember what that kind of flower was. <laughs> I will, well, I guess is that would that be history or in uh, insight? That could medicine. be survival or medicine. I'll do medicine. Okay. That's a twenty-three. Twenty-three. Ah, uh, yes, you remember now. Uh, it's the Fabula Hami. Um, and that flower is rare, but there you're pretty sure there is some that grows in the woods near near this area. Um, so you could probably find find some of that flower for it and and bring it back. I will go and find this flower. Okay. Not uh, turning my back when I leave. I'm walking away facing it. Okay. And then once I feel like it's it might not or a safe distance away, I will turn and go find the flower. What is the duration of the command spell? Uh, I believe it's one round. Okay, so it's it's already like stirring and standing yeah, back up as yeah. you leave. It gives another great roar and just kind of rears up into the air and knocks over another tree in its distress. You head into the forest. And as you head into the forest, <laughs> that was not the transition I meant to do, but it was kind of funny. It goes dark. Yeah, as you head into the forest and begin looking for the Fabula Hami flower, uh, out at the cipher truck, we rejoin the three remaining members of Four Guys Ventures and Vibes as they try and figure out what to do with their new information. So, hmm. oh, you guys are soaked. Hold on, let me let me dry you off, and I just start using prestidigitation to dry them off. What'd you guys find out there? Well, uh, you go ahead, Alan. You, you... Uh, well, yeah. there seems to be a couple of discoveries. Um, what what? Specifically, Fox saw was the dead bodies of three private security goons. Um, two. Seem two. I apologize. Seemingly pierced by some sort of small projectile at a high speed, right through the forehead, very precisely, very accurately. And whoever killed them um, took off their private security goon packages, uh, pat the blah 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 patches and stuffed them in their mouths as a sign oh. of seemingly disrespect or, you know, marking that this is not a safe place for private security goons to be. We were able to track the killer's tracks back into the forest to where they made camp. However, it has been since abandoned and we weren't able to track further. Or at least we didn't attempt to. We wanted to come back and talk to you about it first. But my thought would be this person, if we were able to find them, could be a valuable ally. If they're an enemy of the private security goons, they may be a friend of ours. That's a, that's However, a good point. Fox raises another good point in that perhaps this is simply a territory we don't want to be in, and this person is very defensive of their land. Mm. I'm just saying. Case, we should just start moving as soon as possible. The enemy of my enemy could be my friend, but the enemy of my enemy could be my enemy. That's fair. Yeah. Hmm. Well. DM, can I make a like a history check to see if I've heard of any territorial groups that are like Sure. You know, around that are from around here or Yeah. 
It's pretty decent. You can make it with advantage because you've traveled this path once. That's true, we did. Oh, that's worse. I'm okay. 17. 17. You, um, so ge geologically, you have passed the Misty Run River and are now in the Northern Wilds. This area isn't really known for having any inhabitants because it is wild. So mm. very few people will actually cross this stretch of area between, you know, and this and the quicksand flats, really. The closest civilizations are Udril back behind you and Fladena, the land of dragons, to the south of you. And neither of those, to your knowledge, like Udril is territorial, but their territory ends at the Misty Run River. And um, the dragons don't seem to really be bothered with crap-like territory in Fladena. They're just, you know, as long as you don't go in, like, their den and on their horde, they don't, they, it's not, like, a big deal. So you you can't really think of anything like that, unless it's a monster. We're, I guess there could be territorial monsters out here. We're, we're north of Aspesh, though. Like, do I, like, for, can I spend a ton of time in Athamont? That's true. Would I, would I know of any, like, gangs or any, so... Specifically, what I'm trying to think of is this looks like technology. You know, this looks like security goon style equipment. So this is some sort of advanced thing. This isn't some wandering tribe unless they like stole it from the goons or something. You know, it's not yeah. something that they would have developed themselves. This is probably like some something that's relatively advanced. Would I be aware of any groups of humanoids around here that would probably, you know, because it's been a while and this is new tech. So he's thinking like somebody that's ambitious enough to to steal this or uh, or clever enough to like invent it or, or you know invest in it you don't know of any such people but you've heard a rumor you've heard a rumor in back alleys and dark corners of Aspesh that there is a human somewhere in that nation who eliminates people for coin doesn't have particularly high moral standards and is very like his reputation is for precision zero collateral damage no you know whether it's a poison or something else and you remember hearing one particular exchange between one of the casino workers and a representative mm -hmm. from the dead eyes where they said, no, you don't, you don't want to cross him. He's working on something that will revolutionize the way people fight things if he ever gives it out. And this could be, this could be that thing. So uh, I relay that to the guys. So there's like this, and he's, he's a pretty bad dude um, and is quite clever and quite serious. Um, so, okay, then... The thing is, is that he's probably not acting on his own accord. Like if he's been hired, then, right. then, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend would apply to the person that's hired him, mm. not necessarily him. So, but here's what I'm thinking. But, if he's completed his contract, perhaps yeah, that was, was it. We could potentially um, not have to worry about it, right? Because he seems to have. You said he has no pens. Um, he tries to have no collateral damage. Yeah. But 
What if the private security goons just turn around and hire him to kill us? Well, that's that's what I was thinking. Number two, I was thinking, what if we could find him first and hire him to, you know, go out in front of us and thin out the goons a bit more? That's the other thing. Um, third thing, which is maybe a little bit less likely, but maybe he was hired to protect this area and killing the goons was just because they were in the area. So, you know, going and looking for him might get a an entry wound on our forehead and an exit wound in, our, in the back of our head. I, I think in that case, if what you've described is true, and this is the per- I, I'm sure what you've described is true. I mean, if that is truly the person that we've en- encountered by proxy mm-hmm. here, yeah. um, then I would say the safest move would probably be not to get in his way until we're forced to. Yeah. Um, especially, I think it's it's safe to. I think I think we should be on our guard, but. I think we're safer not seeking him out at this moment until there seems to be a time where, okay, he's either coming after us or there's a convenience level of we can we can see if we can use his services. Still, yeah. I'd, I'd feel better if we covered the windows. I, I agree. Hmm. I don't like this. I don't either, but... Let's Did you guys see, like any tracks or anything like that around where he was or where well, that we, well, the tracks was? took us to his campsite from there we didn't we didn't quite investigate further the tracks went was, further into the forest but we didn't follow was that behind or in front of us in front of That's, you okay towards oh. where you're going oh okay well in that case all right weird hypothesis right really out there what if they're going on some sort of personal vendetta, right? There's been this well-known assassin, but maybe that's not what this is. Maybe, maybe they messed with him in some way, perhaps killed his dog. <laughs> He's possible. going out on a vendetta. Maybe. Uh, Fox. Um, I mean, this guy is a little, you know, it seems like he's got a code. You, you don't mess with him. You stay out of his way when he's on a job. He's he's very clinical. He's he's right. you know, in it for the coin and, and doesn't really care much about the sides. Um, he's gotta he's gotta talk birthday cake like you. Like is is there a, a, an insignia we could put out on, or you know some sort of messaging we could put on the outside of the of the truck to so if he if we catch he catches us in his sights you know we could. And we say, hey, we know you're out there and we're hiring or, you know, looking for protection for coin or something like that. Maybe, you know, because he's, he's not going to he's not going to reveal himself. But maybe if he sees us, then at least, you know, we could maybe like draw him out. To be honest, I was thinking about that. But the problem is, you're I'm worried. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeb. It's nice. I'm going to make a week. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> as I say, well, you're uh, blushing now. I mean, you're <laughs> smart. Okay, I said it. <laughs> all right, all right. So, should compliment you more often, so it's not so awkward. You look nice. You have a nice nose. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb, you can you can stop, Jeb. Okay. We head Funky. back into the woods with Zafkug <laughs> as he begins his navigating path. Roll a survival check to establish your sense of direction. Come on, dice. 
That's good. 22. 22. You head into the woods, the ambient light getting dimmer and dimmer around you as you go deeper and deeper into the woods. You have a vague idea of where this flower is supposed to be, but of course it's so rare and it's, you know, it's coloration so specific that it's, it's taking a while for you to find. Um, you hear something rustle in the trees off the path. You do anything? Uh, I look to see if I notice anything. You don't see anything. Okay, I will keep on guard, but continue looking for the flower. Okay. Uh, you are wandering around looking for the flower. About 10 minutes goes by. 20 minutes goes by. 30 minutes goes by. 40 minutes goes by. Nothing. 50 minutes goes by. 60 minutes goes by. I'm adding a die to the tension pool. That's our fifth one. An hour and 10 minutes goes by. An hour and 20 minutes goes by. An hour and 30 minutes goes by. Like, do I have a sense of where it is? I mean, you think you're moving in the right direction. An hour and 40 minutes goes by. An hour and 50 minutes goes by. Two hours go by. Six dies in the tension pool. I'm clearing the tension pool. Okay. Two hours and 10 minutes go by. (laughs) Two hours and 20 minutes go by. You slip on something. You fall. You trip to the right. You kind of skid off the path. You get totally disoriented. By the time you finish rolling down this hill, you find yourself kind of surrounded by tree roots. You look up. It is so dark that you don't have any sky point to navigate off of. You find yourself pretty much lost. Um, I guess uh, another survival. Okay. Survival to identify a direction? Yeah. Eleven. Okay. You begin journeying off in what you're pretty sure is the right direction. I don't know if this is counted as survival, but was would I be leaving tracks? Um... Uh, you are currently leaving tracks. You haven't done anything to not leave tracks. Okay. So could I um, perceive those tracks and sort of retrace back? Mm, trying to find your way back to like the main path? Yeah. Sure. Try. Let's let's try it. Perception check. Uh, non-natural 20. Non-natural 20. Okay. It takes a little while because falling down a hill doesn't leave many tracks. But no. you kind of just, you're like, okay, well, I remember falling from right here. And so you sort of climb back up there and eventually you do find your footsteps. You're able to follow them back to the path and kind of go, you, you're, you get yourself back in what you're pretty sure is the right direction. 10 minutes go by. Um, and then I'll stop and just think like... Well, shoulder angels, we haven't seen this flower yet. Do we My have man, any it's been ideas? two hours. <laughs> We're think back about, to where we started. I mean, think, think, we got, I mean, if you can't find the flower, I mean, it's all, it, 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 all bets are off, all right? I'm just saying, maybe, maybe this is not the route to take. Uh, I think it may be worth wondering, or at least self-examining, have you really been looking for the flower? 
what else have I been looking for? Have you been really investigating for the flower? Attempting to perceive it? Well, investigating is intelligence, my dude. Or attempting to perceive it? <laughs> yes, I thought I was. Or... You know, a little bird once told me that if you're walking through a forest, maybe don't stick to the trails to find the flowers. Maybe move around a little bit and see if you can find some different places. Do you know where these flowers grow? Maybe they grow, exactly. grow on the top of trees or maybe they grow under mushrooms. You know, a little bird once told me that sometimes, you know, restoring giant beasts to full health is not great when you're trying to manage a locale and a fourth shoulder angel climbs up off of Zoth's <laughs> pot and sits down on his shoulder. I'm just saying. Well, it's getting kind of crowded here. Huh? I can go to the other shoulder if you want. Is this, I, is this one kind of full yeah. with you? Yeah, I can, I can yeah, go yeah, over Why there. did you go yeah. on the one with two already? We two on each my, side. Yeah, my shoulders right. are should... pretty broad. You know, there should be enough space for everyone. Should be, but I'm kind of wide too. Um, I'm going to... Uh, make my way back to the clearing okay you head back to the clearing the dragonel is continuing to stomp around angrily roaring and knocking stuff over the clearing um, is wider than you remember i'm going to <laughs> try casting remove curse on it mm. Okay, uh, you cast Remove Curse. You feel that the magic has worked appropriately, but nothing seems to have changed with the dragon situation. It might not be like that one last time. Do you have anything to remove poison? Mm, I don't have any spells other than knowing that this flower would remove the poison. Hmm. Maybe you should go for a walk back through the city and see if you can find an animal expert to help. Yeah, you could just order people. You're a king. I don't know if it's best to think of it as just ordering people. Well, However, no. it may be beneficial to find wisdom in others whose expertise is different than yours. Oh, okay, he's being pedantic over there. I'm just saying, if you're the king, other people are going to be better suited for the task, maybe. And or just time sensitive wise. No work is a kingdom unto himself. You know, there was time sensitivity involved. I'm adding a die to the tension pool. The problem <laughs> I'm concerned with is if I leave, this beast will wander. And I you've already be. you've already left and That's gotten fair. lost in a forest. That's fair. Yeah. I shall I mean, make it's a valid my way, concern. May, you worked it out. Make my way back to the city to see if I can procure said flower. You make your way into the city. Several people immediately run up to you as you walk into the streets. And um, they are, you know, representatives of your court in some way. And they say, sire, there's urgent business that requires your attention. Will you come? I am currently attending to urgent business. I have uh, figured out the problem with the beast that I am dealing with. And I need to procure this flower to, oh, to resolve oh. the problem. Okay, sire. And they turn and walk away. Um, Ten I minutes go by. Is there no one in the? I mean, city? there are people in the city. I'll ask. Uh, do you know where I can get this flower? Uh, just anybody in general. You're asking. Yeah. I, no, sire. I, I'm not. I'm not a, a botanist. I, I don't know much about flowers. I. I um. No, I could. I couldn't help you find that. Sorry. 
Well, do you know where the um, herbalism shop would be? Uh, yes, I believe there's one down, and he gives you some directions that you can follow easily. You find your way to the herbalism shop. I will ask the shopkeep. Um, uh, do you have this flower in stock? Oh, no, very rare, that one. Uh, no, we don't have any of that in stock. Uh, I think there is some that grow in the woods near here. <laughs> I will, uh, thank you. Of course. Um, I will, knowing that the beast apparently does not leave the clearing, uh, head back to the castle to attend to the next urgent business. Perhaps you could you could task this botanist with procuring it since he's uh, he's familiar with where it would be in the forest. Uh, and delegate it. Yeah, you could totally trust something like this to a botanist. He won't get it wrong. Excellent. I, I will turn to the botanist. Actually, could you procure some of that for me? Uh, you want me to go into the forest to to get it? Uh, uh, I I don't know that I am fit to travel in the forest. And he is kind of wimpy looking. I I don't know that you know. I I it would be dangerous, wouldn't it? What if I become lost? I can assign you some Kingsguard. Uh, uh very well. Uh, okay. I I will I will try and find it for you. How many men would you like? Uh, I don't, I don't know. What's a, what's a good number? I, um. How scared do you feel in the forest? Uh, significantly, sire. Would you feel safer? There is a roaring beast between here and the forest. I I don't know that I'm able to even really get past that. Then a squad. Okay. It will be done. I will send them here, and when you have procured that, come see me. And then I will leave and head to the castle. You head to the castle. As soon as you arrive, those same court attendants run up to you. They receive your orders and send the squad down to, you know, take care of, of this botanist who's really scared. And then they push like a stack of papers into your hands. So these, sorry, these, these require signatures. I uh, look at what they are before I sign them. They're a stack of like mundane kingdom business forms. They're like, you know, oh, this person has a request for their village or, you know, stuff like that. It's it's like boring, mundane, logistical stuff. You're pretty sure it'll take at least an hour to get through all these forms. I'll sign them all. Okay. As a king, it is part of my responsibility, whether I like it or not. Okay. Uh, you take an hour i add a die to the tension pool um your hour has ended and you are now sitting with no more forms to fill out uh back at your castle um i asked the sire was this the urgent business yes the, the paperwork was urgent yes thank you for attending to it he takes the papers and like you know okay. waddles off to go do whatever he does with all the paperwork i will go um or before he leaves, I'll ask him, is there anything else that needs my attention? Has the herbalist come back yet? Uh, no, sorry, the herbalist has not come back yet, and there are a thousand things that require your attention, but I understand that this is very important to you, so, you know. I will go back to the clearing to see if the monster is still where I left it. 
the beast is now laying on the ground. Um, it's still like every now and then gives kind of like a feeble roar laying on the ground. Um, but it's no longer like moving or thrashing. Um, it's got, you know, like bruises and kind of like scratches and stuff on its arms and legs from where it's been throwing itself into the forest. I, uh, look to it with sympathy. And I decide that sometimes mercy is, is the best for all. I pull out my... What, what do I have? <laughs> I don't use weapons. Uh, crossbow and arrows. Okay. I whisper a prayer to it, and I say, May your death be swift, and may you enjoy a life of peace after this. I hold it up, and I will fire a bolt into its head. You fire the crossbow, and as you do, you feel like a jolt that kind of goes through your body. Back in the cart where you have stopped for the evening, you see Zothkug like shudder where he is, but he does not wake up or anything like that. Zoth, everything goes dark, and then you open your eyes, and you find yourself in a large hall with tables pushed back against the walls. And there is a large crowd packed into the room with hundreds more at the windows and at the door. And before you, kneeling on the ground, are two convicts held in place by two burly soldiers and with a third soldier holding a knife to each throat. Uh, What do you do? I will do the same as I did last time. I will approach and I will say... Have these men come here to be sentenced? Yes, sire. They are here to be sentenced. I say commandingly. I have decided we will have a trial by combat for each man to determine their own fate and give them control of their own lives. Okay. The crowd roars because they're like, yeah, we love it when people like fight and blood sports and what, you know, the crowd goes crazy. Um, a ring is formed. The long rectangular tables are pushed back into a ring and the crowd is moved behind it for safety. Each of them is given a weapon and again, they leap into combat. Uh, Jake and Matt, roll your D20s and Jeb, or I guess Wash, tell me if low or high wins the fight. Same assignments. Going, Jake's got the murderer. We're going low the again. Okay. Seven. Yeah, you can't beat me on this one. I got a nat one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Race to the bottom. The thief this time somehow ekes out a victory by probably like appealing to the murderer's better nature and like, but my son and the murderer stops for a second and the thief just like whacks him with a club across the head and he falls lights out to the ground and the crowd see this and, you know, roar again in delight because blood sports occurred and the the thief's hand is you know raised up in victory and that's what's happened and i will commandingly state this man has won fair and square he is absolved of his crime and will be allowed to roam free from this day forward 
and he is led out of the hall with his freedom and surrounded by the mob and you know who are like you know your blood sports whatever and they like you know usher him out into the into the street as he does that someone is running up to the running up to you on the like dais where you made your announcement he runs up and goes sire there's a matter that requires your attention urgently Will, will you come I will come. Okay. And he leads you towards the door. And as you head towards the door, we cut back not to the four guys, ventures and vibes cipher truck, but instead to the back room of the winged badger tavern, where Ooh. it's time to talk about, uh, drinks with Jake, if you will, the tavern, the within, tavern, a tavern. within the tavern. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. For those of Alrighty. you who are joining us for the first time this evening, this is the part of the show where Jake tries a D&D themed mixed drink and reviews it for us right here on yes. stream. Uh, a while back, um, I bought this book, Dungeon Meister, A Drink Master's Guide. It's not, we're not sponsored by the author in any way or anything like yet. that. It's just, <laughs> yet, uh, it was just a cool <laughs> book that I bought. And uh, I've been going through uh, almost every drink. I've been skipping some really complex drinks that I don't have time to make. Uh, but that's okay, I think, in my mind. Um, but this week's drink is the Point Blank Shot. It's extremely simple, but I'm going to read the flavor text first. It takes a strong will as an archer to be able to remain cool and calm. Blah, 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 I can't speak. To remain cool and collected when someone comes running up to you with their sword out. Taking this shot will also require a steady hand and an open mind, as these two liquors combine into an entirely new flavor. The little extra. Uh, little flavor text is there was a variation of this drink that was far less popular known as the far shot it involved trying to throw a shot into a friend's mouth and after many painful eye accidents it was abandoned <laughs> nice so uh, this drink is extremely simple it is one part or sorry two parts gin and one part whiskey it is it is a shot of gin and whiskey it's so simple that I just have the shot glass already already mixed here I will be drinking this out of my novelty My Hero Academia shot glass. Nice. Um, I don't know if you can, I'll try to cover the light maybe in front of it to see if you can see the shot. Anyway, um, yeah, I like gin and whiskey. They're two of my favorite liquors, but putting them together is something I've never thought of ever. So we're gonna try it here, the point blank shot. So bottoms up. Hit your eye. Yeah. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. That's a wild ride going on your face right now. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> a kind lot of, of different variation here. They kind of neutralize each other. Like, it doesn't particularly taste like gin or whiskey. I think the whiskey, even though there's less whiskey, the whiskey kind of overtakes a little bit. But it kind of just tastes like... Like kind of like not super flavorful in the as far as whiskey flavor, it tastes like not super flavorful whiskey. Even though alcoholic wise, it's strong. Like it has the burn to it that you would expect. So I don't know. I don't. Here's the thing that's about me. I like I like a whiskey shot or sipping on some whiskey, but it's because I want to taste the whiskey. Yeah. And so mixing it with gin. Which I like gin. I like gin and mixed drinks a lot. I love a gin and tonic. That's one of my favorites. But mixing them together, I think even though it's not a bad experience, it's 
not ideal. It's like not something I would want to get because it's like taking away some of my favorite aspects of both of the things, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I would rather just have a, a, a good sip and whiskey and, and, and do that or have like have a shot of, of gin, just gin. So I think I'll put this in the one wing category, not because it's bad, but because I just wouldn't probably get it. Like I yeah. wouldn't choose it. Well, you can have no cost. We I know, that. I I know, but like it still is like if it was bad, I would put it at like you know the nun. Like I wouldn't pay for this kind of thing. If someone bought it for me, I would be like okay. But like I don't know. I think I'll I'll do point blank shot one wing. But there you go. There, there we is. have it. Fair enough. Um. Ne- next week, I'll give a little uh name teaser for the next week's drink you guys can theorize as to what kind of drink it is or what Ooh. other cocktail it's kind of a spin-off Ooh. of next week's drink is seduction rolls so <laughs> there you go and I, I think that might be an sob <laughs> yes it, it you, you good job that's a yeah it's a play on the on 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 the Seduction rolls is a thing that I developed in middle age. Before we get back into gameplay, um, as as your DM who cares about you and wants you to do well, I thought I would tell you how you're doing so far. Like give you an update on sort of where things are where things are going. So far, you have been presented with. Presence. 46 opportunities to use a wisdom-based skill. You've seized 22 of them, and you've succeeded on 20 of those. So, um... The I'm I'm trying to be like pull no yeah. punches on these rods. Yeah. So just, no, you know, you. you are you are currently below the 50% mark. Yeah. Um, if you stay below the 50% mark, then the rod will consume you. Okay. Um, but you again, like you have lots more opportunities coming. I'm just, you know, giving you kind of a, a benchmark on where you are. So okay. I would I would push you maybe to think more about creative uses for the skills on your sheet. Yeah. To just as you're approaching it and also consult with your shoulder angels. Um, yeah. That would be my my advice as we continue here. Okay. Um, but also like, you know, if you die, you can go on a cool blaze of glory. So that's fun, too. <laughs> but yeah, just giving you the update on where things stand. Yep. Um, I understand. And so we leave the back room and we jump back into this strange, strange wherever we are. And we play the wrong music. <laughs> but we find you again led to a clearing on the outskirts of town. And in front of you, there is some kind of beast stomping around, enraged. What do you do? Does it look the same as before? What do you mean before? Oh, do not. Do I not remember the last encounter? I don't know. Uh, what What do you use for memory? Like memory? Is that history, insight? Insight. Okay. You can use history for memory or insight. They're not interchangeable. But yeah. Uh, 21. 21. Yeah. You remember from last time, um, that this is, this is the same beast that you saw last time you approached this trial. And again, stomping around the clearing, knocking things down, scaring people away. You have not 
you know, approached it or anything yet. Do I remember the flower and the problem issue? With yes. It? Okay. You remember those things. Well, shoulder angels, should we again search through the woods and look better? Well, so here's the thing is that like as a king, I don't think a king would do this for himself. Like he would probably delegate somebody to go do that. But then time got a little weird last time. What if uh, what if you just use like a lesser restoration spell to purge the poison out of it? I I tried using remove curse, which didn't work. I don't have lesser restoration prepared for today. Oh, yeah, no, but I I'm did. not real. <laughs> and and like you in here, you could be you could be, have been in here for five days. And I'm uh, sure if you like look down and change your clothes, that might work too. Like <laughs> I do actually have it prepared. Um, I will try that. I will try using lesser restoration. Or hear me out. Yes. You could just take it head on, like like you remember when you were like, "Oh, I'm a king," and, it, and listen to you. You could just tell it to leave. I'm I'm saying intimidate intimidate it. Sire, you're not going to let the beast die. The court attendant who takes you to the, who brought you here says, "I don't intend to." Okay. Oh. Okay, because. It, your your best soldiers are are too frightened of the beast to to approach it. I will handle this. Very well. He bows and leaves. Wise to inspire your men. This is a good move. Um, can I try casting lesser restoration on the beast? You can try it, and when you do it, I think you roll right when you cast lesser restoration, or is it just a thing that happens? It's just, it's a, just a thing just that happens. happens. Just a thing that happens. You touch a creature and can end either one disease or one condition afflicting it. The condition can be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Yeah, unfortunately, this is not the poisoned condition. Ah. Uh, this is a poison that's afflicting it, but it is not in the poisoned condition. Okay. Uh, do my don't squint me so like that. Watch, I can explain all of the mechanics of this when we're in the after. I understand. Um, <laughs> does do the spell slots reset when I come? Yeah, back? you have all your spells back. Okay, cool. Um, does it count as having a long rest? Sure. Health wise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, trying to get out of the tension pool. Back to the shoulder angels. That did not work. Um, so that leaves us with searching through the woods hmm. or fighting it. Well, it seems like they really want you to solve this in a particular fashion. So I say screw it and kill the beast. Oh, that's Probably an excellent not. idea. The fourth <laughs> shoulder angel is just materialized again. <laughs> This is a trial by wisdom. How is simply killing it going to? Hey, man, I'm, I'm just saying stabbing never not solved <laughs> a situation. Maybe it, it did last go around. I feel like this guy's onto something. I think perhaps it may be best to reenter the forest and search a different way instead of taking a main path. I would perhaps look under the nooks and crannies and in the places high and low that you maybe didn't look last time. There is I would get idea. your soul to look with you as well. 
Alrighty. So I gather what men are here, if there are any. Mm-hmm. You you can go back to your castle and get them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will describe the flower that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um. Using my uh, my medical training and knowledge of of the of, of the flowers and local flora around. So um, you you need us to go past that raging beast. I will temporarily subdue it in order to allow everyone to pass. Oh, good. And they all breathe safe. like big sighs of relief. Whew. We we were not sure how we were going to handle something like that. Whew. Don't worry, I will protect you all. Okay. And then we head down to the clearing. I will. Tell them to wait for my signal. Mm-hmm. I will square up with it, mm-hmm. get its attention, and have it turn so it's facing away from like where they would be trying to go. Okay, uh, that'll be an animal handling check to yes. like to actually make it do something. You can get its attention, but to to force it to follow you to spin around. That is a natural twenty. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to do there and and next with this dragon, like yeah, they're they're all so, able to cross the clearing with no danger. So you just tell me so how you do I it. I approach it commandingly like last time and I say, come here, follow me. I will uh, not harm you. And then I'm just kind of like guiding it away to clear up a path for my soldiers. And then the next thing I want to do is again, command it to uh, lay down and sit still. Okay. Um, and the dragonelle indeed follows you over to the corner and it just like curls up into a little ball and it sits there. You can see still like the pain on its face, but it's not like roaring around or rampaging or anything like that. I will calmly tell it it'll be okay. We will get you better. So this is when we stab it, right? No. I mean, that would technically make things better. (laughs) Um, And once they are all through, I will join them. In the search? Yes. And then I will be looking in places I didn't before, so I'll leave the path. I will, like, climb trees. Mm-hmm. I will look under things. Roll using your... My... Roll um, perception with advantage because you've got all your people helping you. First roll is a 23. Second roll is a 22. Nice going. Um, you spend some time searching about 30 minutes go by. I had one die to the tension pull for the passage of time. And then one of your soldiers off in the distance goes, I think, I think I found one sire. And you rush over to him. And indeed he's found exactly the right flower. It's a blue flower with red thorns. Excellent. I will take the flower. Um, and then can I use, uh, either medicine or insight to determine how it's best administered. Like, is it digested? Is it just rubbed on the... Sure. Uh, Roll a medicine check. Okay. 14. 14. You are able to determine that the best way to administer this is to crush it into a poultice and then have the beast eat it. Okay. Um, I will crush it. Uh, Does anyone have, have a bowl or small container? I do, Sire. And someone comes over and he's got like the Tupperware that his lunch was in with him. His helmet. <laughs> yeah, his helmet takes off his helmet for you. Here you I are, Sire. I will take the helmet. I will look for a rock and crush like like a pestle and mortar kind of crush it up 
Yep. And you, you do, you crush it up. Um, and it, it works. Okay. I go back and I will, uh, go back to the clearing to see how the animal is. Roll survival to find your way back to the clearing. Yes. 19. Yep. You find your way back to the clearing. Your men still keeping a healthy distance back, even though the dragonelle is now like curled up, you come in and it looks at you and just kind of gives like a little sad roar. Um, what do you do? Does it still like thrashing around or is it like laying down in pain? Like what it's, at the end of, uh, it's time? laying down like you asked it to. So oh, it okay. hasn't been thrashing since then, but, um, um, it doesn't look like it's almost dead. Like it, you know, like it was last time. I will use animal handling again to approach it calmly and make sure that it's not going to start attacking. Great idea. That is a 20, not natural. Excellent. You approach the Dragonelle and she looks up at you without making any any sudden movements or anything. She's just looking at you and kind of un- uncertain. It's not like a trusting look, like this is still a wild beast, but doesn't yeah. feel threatened. I will just gently stroke it. Um, can I use insight to determine or reason what it would eat naturally? Yeah, absolutely. 19 19 uh this kind of dragonelle is the feathered dragonelles is actually an herbivore and they like to eat the long like leaves off the very top of trees so if you were able to find any of the like you know if you can if you can get some long leaves and almost wrap it up like a taco or something that's probably the best way to have the dragonelle eat it i'll just munch 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 it all down um I will ask my team of soldiers, could anyone go to the top of trees and grab just a big bunch, like figure out a way to grab the bunches of trees at the top? As a group, seven of them go, I can do that, sire. And they all rush as if they're trying to like outperform each other to like climb up the tree and do the cool macho thing. Um, They get to the top of the tree, grab a leaf and bring it back down for you. And they rush over and present you with seven leaves. Each of them has one leaf. Excellent work, soldiers. I will. Thank you, sir. 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 I will take the leaves. I will wrap up the crushed up uh, flower in them, and then I will say, "Are you hungry?" And then I will hold out the leaves. The beast looks at you, still a little uncertain, and kind of like sniffs. One of your shoulder angel goes, I, I, I believe this animal needs some handling. <laughs> handling by the throat. No, <laughs> I will. I will um, use use my animal handling to try and coerce it into eating and at least opening its mouth mm-hmm. with a nine. Uh, it is. It does open its mouth to eat, and you are able to get it to eat the thing that you're holding. But it does also like it, maybe unintentionally, but it like chomps down on your hand a little bit too. That's you take okay. eleven points of damage. Ouch! It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> the beast munch, 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 and it swallows down this leaf that it, you've given it, and then it roars up one more time like rears onto its hind legs and then with a thud it falls down to the clearing and it begins to snore Mm. is is it 
better, sire? Uh, this flower was will heal the poison that was afflicting it. It is now apparently asleep. I guess this flower is also in a sleeping agent, an uh, insight to know what side effects of the flower are. Sure. Or what else it could be used for. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 16 you are able to determine that what's happening so the the sleep is just a natural sleep because the beast has been thrashing around oh, and in discomfort okay. for so long and also with your insight you're able to determine that what's happening is actually the flower has some chemical or element in it that is dissolving a source of poison which is why just restoration wouldn't work because it would just be poisoned again um, when when you you cure a poison in its bloodstream and the thing inside it would just poison it again so yeah. it has eaten some barb or or item something created that had poison in it and that is why this flower is working okay um i look to the team um you guys are should be free to go this beast is at least healed um for now so it will be as much of a ruckus as Thank you, sire. And they stand up and rush back into the city. Um, the old lady materializes next to you. Hello again. It seems oh. you found a cure for your dragonell friend. We ha I have. How do you feel about the ramifications in the long term of your choices? Feel... I feel good. Then perhaps it is time for us to move to judgment. And before you, a door materializes out <laughs> of the ground. It just sort of fades into being, and this big wooden door is there. I uh, approach the door. You approach the door. It it seems like a real door now. It It's, you know, been manifested into being, except that there's no walls or anything like that. Oh, okay. I will go through the door. You go through the door, and as you do, we cut back one more time to the cart where uh, Jeb, Owlin, and Fox are talking about their recent discovery of maybe there's an enemy of their enemy or something like that's going on. Owlin, for some reason, was like, let's have a drink, and everyone had a drink. Um, <laughs> and we, we, we're we now sitting here. I guess you guys are back in the cart, I assume, out of the rain, right? Yeah, yeah we, we've all, we're all, like... I think we basically decided to hunker down, be vigilant, and wait for the, like, this, like, as soon as it's safe to go, we'll go. Okay. And as you're being vigilant, um, you look over, Jeb, you're the first to notice that um, Zoth has started, like, kind of shivering and shaking where he sits and almost entered into, like, a, a mini seizure. And mm -hmm. you, you know, you see this happen. He doesn't fall over or anything. He's still mm -hmm. holding on to the rod. He's just kind of, like you know jittering in place is has he's been laying down this whole time right or is he sitting he's been sitting up okay cross like it's like meditating gotcha um i'm I, gonna rush over to him i don't uh fox do you remember jeb doing that what, what? no no uh is he okay jeb you hand put on a, his forehead i'm doing a medicine check you put a hand on his forehead to do a medicine check and jeb vanishes Ooh. oh uh that I do not know what to do about that. Um, 
Jeb, can you hear us in any way? Can you respond to us in any way? Jeb, you do not. I... I'm freaking out, man. I'm, I'm freaking out, man. What, what do we I, do, Alan? I, I think I, well, we, we don't... We do not... We do not touch Zoth or the Rod in this case. Um... I think I don't know. I think I'm gonna roll a medicine check on Zoth without touching him. <laughs> okay. Visual only, and that is a twenty-one. Uh, he visually looks like he's shaking a lot, so maybe he's really cold, or maybe he's in some kind of seizure or something like that. Can Alan do a history or an insight check to remember whether we witnessed anything like this happen to Jeb? Yeah, you remember that you did not witness anything like this happen to Jeb, but then, to okay. be fair, Jeb was in a different room from you guys because you were all in, like, safe rooms that whole time. Okay. Um, but um, no, you did not witness it. Okay. Uh, then, I... I don't like this, Alan. I don't either, but I don't know Zoth, if there's anything else we can do. Zoth topples to... where he's where he's sitting, like he begins seizing so violently that he topples over, and he as he topples, he falls into Fox, who vanishes. <laughs> Alan is going to literally get to the opposite side of the cart. Um, he's going to like uh, he, he's he's literally going to draw. Um, his his scimitar of speed at the ready, and he is literally in the mode of this cart will not move. Zoth is not going anywhere. I will have. I will literally. I, I. He's going. He's in sentry mode. He's okay. just like. He's like staying as far back as he can. As far back as he can. But his goal is to protect Zoth at all costs. If anything happens around the cart, but also not to touch Zoth. Yeah. And like, just like he is, he, he's like, someone has to be on the outside of whatever the hell is happening right here. Okay. And so that's what, that's his role right All now. Right. So that's like, what Alan is doing. The other two of you, uh, Jeb and Fox, you open your eyes and around you, a sort of strange mist begins forming itself into a large room with black onyx flagstones and there are three chairs in the room and the two of you sit down in two of the chairs and on the other end of the room as if it was waiting for you to appear a wooden door opens and a shaft of light flows in from some kind of grassy clearing <laughs> and Zothkug walks into the room um, there appeared at first glance to be like some kind of old woman next to him but you don't you blink and she's not there anymore Zoth walks into the room, and as soon as Zoth steps into the room behind him, the door slams shut with this reverberating kind of noise that echoes through the room. And you have just enough time to realize, like Zoth, you realize that this is Jeb and Fox, and Fox, you realize that this is Zoth, and Jeb also realizes. Um, and then the the room is plunged into deepest darkness. You can tell that you're still there because you can feel the chairs next to you, or Zoth, you can feel the floor beneath your feet. And before you, plays out as if in a recording or something like that, you see all of Zothkug's journey that he's just been on plays out before you. And, and when it finally concludes and it ends with, you know, the door materializes in front of him, opens and he steps inside. And then when it ends, the old woman is 
standing next to Jebediah, who's on the end seat. And she turns to you and she says, Greetings, friends of Zothkug Hibbub, the supplicant. She pulls out a stone tablet with like ancient markings in some language you don't speak. And when she begins speaking to you, her lips are moving, but they don't line up with the words you hear. Like she is speaking whatever that language is, but you are hearing it in your own language. And she says, to be wise is to be perceptive, to be observant and to be sensible. It is to be able to notice subtle details about the world around you and to make decisions when the right choice isn't clear. Has this supplicant demonstrated wisdom? And then the, the, she disappears, and there's the two of you sitting there in your chairs looking out towards Zothkug, and you can see behind Zothkug is a, like a, a trap door that sort of materializes in the floor um, behind him and an upright door that materializes to his right. Zoth, if you were to try them, neither of them would open. I don't know what you're going to do, but just so you did know I, the answer to that. Did I hear that? Yeah. Okay. I'll just wait. Confident in my friends. Uh, Jeb? I presume I can intuit that I am within the rod space. Yes. Yeah. It's a uh, hey, Fox. We're we're inside the uh, the dimension. The, it's just that the you rod trials. Yes. Calm down. We need to stay on task. And uh, I guess we are supposed to be a part of this. And I'm not too happy about that. But it is what it is, and fighting against it is fighting against a very capable, very ancient power. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe maybe be a little, Honest. little on your on your toes. Yeah. Chat grants a boon. Owlin's shoulder angel hops off of Zothkug's shoulder and poof, becomes full size Owlin mm. and runs over to its chair and sits down. Owlin, you understand <laughs> your situation and what's happening. Mm. Whoa! I, Alan. I, 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 Alan, we oh, are in this rod no, space. I, 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 yes, <laughs> I, okay. I, it seems as though it seems as though as though the rod heavily desired me to be a part of this process as well. <clears throat> and if I am not mistaken, I believe Fox alluded to it. Jebediah, it sounds as though we. It is in our best interest to be honest. Correct. I'm going to jump in here as the GM and say, also, chat, you are welcome to contribute to this discussion of whether he has made, you know, whether he's demonstrated wisdom or not. I believe this is an interesting predicament, as I myself have often viewed Zoth as a person and in his actions generally to be wise, especially in the fact that he views the world in a different way than I. Zoth, did you make two people kill each other? He made them kill each other twice. 
And technically I... both of them won. <laughs> <laughs> they both lived. No. Well, by no, that that's logic, not how this they worked. both died. Alan, Alan actually at the they both lived remark, Alan is going to look at Zothkug in a way of you are not speaking like the person that I know. Like Alan, Alan is very concerned and he's just going to say, I, I myself am very concerned because if I were to speak honestly, although I think that Zothkug made, 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 made several wise choices in the in the latter half of his second uh i guess um walk through of this journey i personally believe overall that zothkug's actions were not wise in this and i and it pains me to say this that i i i do not take pride or joy or happiness in in saying that I am disappointed in some of the actions that Zothkug made that we witnessed just now. Jeb? Is this like a, a we can communicate with each other? Or is this just for you guys to decide now? You can talk like to them. This is, okay. you're in the room. Like this is a this is all happening in present. We're still playing D and D. Like you're you're in the yeah, room. Yeah. Well, I was uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, Chat just said something. But Chat goes, "This boon is broken." <laughs> Alan, um, while I know why you think that way, I think I can explain why it's different than maybe the way it's been in the past. If, if you'll allow me to explain why I made the decisions I did. I Yeah, I will make no protest to you explaining your actions. So the first the first time I went into the, the Coliseum Arena. Um, how how could I make the decision to judge either one of those men without sitting down for a long amount of time learning both of their life stories trying to gain as much context and perception into what led them to the decisions they did but that's the thing Zoth you didn't ask about the meat of it you only heard a sentence time is, is so valuable right now to us I don't think we could have afforded for me to sit down and learn about these guys' entire life stories. And so I did not want to make such a rash judgment going on very little information. And I did what I thought was the most fair and most amenable in the situation, which was give them each a fair fighting chance because that arena was not going to accept both people living. Uh, a fighting chance or a is, is a is a apt word for it however it still is inaccurate in that it it the one of them was clearly more apt to kill the other while the second time there was a i believe an aspect of luck involved just telling them to kill each other doesn't doesn't factor in their backgrounds as you just mentioned of one could be more skilled in fighting. One could be more bloodthirsty in that moment. One just simply wants to live more. And that's, I don't believe that that's basis 
for who deserves to live or to die, one of them could have committed the worst crime and still wanted to live more. If you truly believed in giving them each a fair chance, why not simply flip a coin? And it is a true 50-50 chance whether one of them lives or another dies. Or perhaps in this situation, you are a king. You are the judgment as to what values your kingdom prescribes to. And in that case, you can make a judgment as to whether your kingdom is forgiving and graceful to the man who steals in order to save his son, or whether your kingdom is forgiving and graceful to the man who murders for the sake of what he views to be the greater good. I found both could have been pardoned given the right circumstances and a justifiable explanation. I just wanted to be able to get through this in a quick fashion that felt reasonable for the situation because again, we are on a time crunch and I do not, we cannot afford for me to just be in here for years, letting them talk it out and letting but me come to a correct decision. So if and this arena to die. And this arena was not going to be amiable to both of them living. So I used the, the situation. I observed that these people wanted to see some blood. I've decided that fighting would be the best way for them to figure it out. And I felt that despite the physical differences between the two in terms of fighting capabilities, as I said in the first one, the will of man tends to surpass the physical attributes and that it can come down to just who wants it more at the given time. You know, I I think I'm with Alan when I say at the end of the day, though, you're you're just tossing a coin. And there's no wisdom in tossing a coin. But there's wisdom in deciding to toss a coin. Mm. I I do I do believe personally that that decision or your reasoning for that decision in a vacuum may be well argued. However, I believe that your actions regarding the Dragonell afterwards do not hold up under scrutiny under those reasonings. You you spent hours in the forest following the same path, not worrying about time or making haste as you worried as you claim to have worried about in the in in the arena. And that and after that you dilly-dallied back and forth between the forest and talking to other people and then even went and signed other papers without addressing the current factor at hand and in doing so left the dragon to die and while after he had already suffered for hours upon hours then decided to end his life and I believe that the argument of I decided to end his suffering is once again not doesn't hold up as much under scrutiny when you already let him suffer for so long Doth I I'm going to parrot Alan and say 
that I take no pleasure in being here. And and knowing full well the power of these rods and and the requirement of of being as truthful as possible. Know that I that I, you know, take no pleasure in this, but I feel like I feel like you are kind and compassionate and wise. You're the best of us. And something felt off about you tonight. I have I have one question for you. Do you feel like you made mistakes? I did. In your judgment tonight. I absolutely did. Old lady? Yes. I would like to give my judgment. What is your judgment? I feel like Zothkug is the wisest man that I know. And while his judgment ebbs and flows, he is willing to admit his mistakes, which makes him the wisest person in this room. She turns to Zothkug, slower than perhaps a snap turn would be. <laughs> she holds out a shaking hand and says, To which mistakes have you admitted? For a creature who says I have made mistakes but cannot expound upon them is merely saving face. My mistakes. Um, in the Coliseum, I feel like I should have gotten gotten to know the prisoners more I should have figured out more about the the situation and the circumstance leading up to that Um, I think in the end I probably should have made the judgment myself instead of letting them fight but I found a solution the first time and the second time I just wanted to get on to the solve the next problem, so I just followed what I knew worked the second time. Um, and then with the Dragonel, the first time, I I didn't didn't think enough about. I didn't search enough for the flower. I didn't put my heart into it, and then I delegated the work onto someone else and did something else myself and I don't think that was right she turns back to Jim and she just kind of slowly nods her head and then she says is anyone else ready to render their judgment can I say something else yeah to the the old lady speak supplicant I am I am certainly uh, not a perfect man. Um, I know Jeb says I'm the best of us, but I operate much better with my friends and I operate much more wholly with with the support of those that I love 
and those that love me around me to support. Having not having them is definitely thrown me off of my my usual demeanor and decision making process since I've been with them for so long. She slowly nods her head and then turns again back to Owlin and Fox. Hmm. Owlin. Oh gosh, this is so <laughs> difficult. This is so so difficult because I just have to. I just have to go with what I think Owlin. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. Um. Hmm. Alan is going to look like he's about to say something and then he's going to turn towards Fox. He's so conflicted. He's just going to look at Fox. Fox looks at him with the same face. (laughs) (laughs) But he does eventually say, Old woman. Yes? I am ready. I will hear your judgment. I think while your logic may have been flawed, I know you have the capacity to make these wise choices. And perhaps had you not thought about cutting corners, you would have made wiser choices. And I agree with Jeb. It takes a strong and wise person to admit their own mistakes with no denial. I'd say that now that you are aware and know of what you could have done and perhaps should have done, I would say, I'd say he's fit. To clarify, you deem him worthy. I think, I think he had some faulty judgment, but I know that he has the highest potential out of anyone I've ever known. And he's always guided me and through thick and thin. That's all I can say on that. So, well, I'm not particularly happy about his choices. I agree that he's wise enough to admit his mistakes and know what he should have done. And I trust him in the future to make much better decisions. So I... I would deem him worthy. She turns to Alan Wadrier. 
And what I'll, are uh, you? Owlin looks at his friends. He kind of gives a a very sad look around. Be honest. I this the from my hmm, this is not a test of potential or what we know about Zoth from his actions outside of this test. I also know Zoth to be an incredible person that I have also looked to guidance looked to for guidance in the past. However, his actions and even repeated actions during this test to me have cast doubt on his current state of wisdom and perhaps future state of wisdom. And although I am glad to hear him admit faults, Unless, and then Alan will look to the old lady, unless there is another chance for him to prove learned, learned actions from these mistakes, I believe that to me he has proven in his repeated actions between the first and second test towards the prisoners specifically that I do not deem, deem him worthy of this wisdom. Roll an insight check, Zothkug. Okay. And Alan looks at Zothkug just like with immense sadness in his eyes. 19. He did not want to say any of that. 19. Uh, she shrugged when Alan asked if there was another chance for you to demonstrate your worth. Um, but it also looked like she kind of stiffened and like intentionally didn't say anything. Like she bit something back. Um, she now stands in front of you, raises her tablet. Wisdom is being able to use the details of the world around you to make decisions when the choice is not clear. The tally stands. One strike against... And with a, a a big latch lifts off of the trap door behind you. One strike in favor. And with a big a, a latch falls off of the upright door. One strike against. And another one falls off of the trap door behind you. She's probably indicating herself. Yeah. And one strike in favor. A second one falls off of the door in front of you. Both doors remain locked. There is a latch on the trap door and one remaining latch on the upright door. Uh, miss? Yes? If, if there is another another trial or challenge, I would definitely be willing to, to prove myself. Who said anything about another trial or challenge? You did. When? When Alan mentioned it, you 
signal that there could be. If there's another way for me to prove myself, I would gladly show it. Gladly go through another one. Very well. And as the area around you kind of like mists and fades out of being, you find yourself standing on solid ground. Uh, just standing on solid ground. Uh, look around and um, perceive uh, with a a 10 if okay. there's anything else. Uh, you see the ground that you stand on is worked stone. Before you, there are three tunnels. They appear identical at first examination. They each stretch off, one forwards, one to your left, and one to your right. Behind you is a smooth stone wall, and the whole area is lit by some level of ambient lighting. Like, there's no light source. There's just, you're in the tunnel, there are three ways to go. Okay, um, I'm going to look at the wall behind me first to see if there's any... Like, is it completely smooth? Are there markings? Is it... What kind of stone is it? Uh, there are strange glyphs on the wall that you do not recognize. The stone is otherwise completely smooth, but it has those glyphs carved into it. Um, they're, again, in a language you don't know. They're, they don't appear to be magical at first glance. Have I seen the glyphs before? Like, an in, uh, I guess, insight? Sure. Insight. Uh, 27. 27. You have seen them before. They're inscribed along the rod. Uh, and I, I still don't know what they mean, though. No. Okay. Definitely still on the rod. Okay. <laughs> um, good to know. I will examine um, the entranceway to each of the three tunnels more more carefully, uh, if I could perceive them again. Use closely. survival this time. Okay, survival. Uh, 23. With survival, you're able to identify, based on the movement of the air, that the the path directly in front of you and the path to your right have an upwards incline. The path to your left has a downwards incline. You're also able to intuit that it's a bit colder to go directly forwards and warmer to go left or right. Okay, um, and the the runes on the rod, would they be... Do I know if they were at the top, the bottom, or the middle of the rod? Mm. They uh, spiral up the rod. Okay, repeating, or is it one, like, each? They like repeat. Spiraling? Okay. So it's a pattern of, like, six or seven runes that spiral yeah. up the rod. Okay. Um... And what was the the bottom and the top of the rod? Like, were there, I know the top, what was it? Oh, onyx? Made of onyx? The whole rod is made of onyx. The top oh. is a dragon's head. The bottom of it is, it's not like sharp, but it's sort of a spike. Like, it tapers because that's where you would attach it to the next piece of the rod. Okay. So is this the top of all seven parts, or does the dragon head, would that fit into something? The dragon head is opening its mouth, like roaring upwards. So the next one would go into the center of the dragon's mouth. Well, shoulder angels, 
We have two going up, one going down, cold air in the middle, warm on the left and the right. And we have the runes behind me that match the runes from the rod. Gotta figure out if up, down, warm, and cold. Those are the, the two up or down, and then warm or cold is the right direction. I would think, you know, I like warmth. I don't want to freeze, but I don't know. I'm just a shoulder angel. I'm kind of stumped. All right. They don't pay me enough. Matting a die to the tension pool. Okay. I, I believe taking at least, well, I guess I'm not sure. I was going to say taking one of the more unique paths, whether it's one that like, you know, there's only one that's cold or there's only one that goes down. Uh, oh. Maybe the best path. Two but of my thoughts is if you go toward the dragon's head, it'll get warmer because dragon and fire. If you want to go away from the dragon's head, you'd take one of the colder routes. Um, and then going up is towards the dragon head and going down is away from the dragon But one of the one of the down passages is warm. I thought I thought it was down cold, up warm, up cold. Down left cold. No. Yeah, that's right. Down left cold, forward up warm, right up warm. Ah, then I misunderstood. Oh. Then I would go down left personally. Go go away from the dragon head. I, I I don't see why not. Perhaps I mean, well, I I am simply more drawn to whatever the path is. The more unique one is more likely to be the correct one. Mm-hmm. Similar any- to taking a test or an exam, if that makes sense. What is the right answer? Probably, if you're not <laughs> sure, what is the unique answer? Chat has increased the tension pool another time. That puts it at Are six. Are there any and I'm markings that? at each entrance like on the floor or around roll perception again while i roll the tension pool okay uh non-natural 20. non-natural 20. there are very very small arrows written on the floor at the base of each tunnel the one that goes down and away from the rod has an arrow pointing down that path, and the other two have arrows that point like out of those paths and back to where you are. Also, although you can't quite determine how far away they are, you hear running footsteps echoing from the forward and up path. Does it sound like they're getting closer or farther? Uh, it's too echoey to determine. Okay. Hmm. Well, I say yeah. follow the arrows. <laughs> I think that's wise. I agree. I will follow the arrow in the down left that is cold. Okay. You follow the arrow that goes down to the left. And as you begin walking through this this tunnel that goes down to the left, it's almost like you're walking through um, the like, like a like a museum gallery. And on the walls around you are framed paintings of scenes that are from your life. 
So you see decisions from your childhood and you see moments from your adventures with Fox before you met Jeb and Owlin. And you see that moment when you were um, in the Dirt Folk tunnels and you met Circles and you were trying to decide as a group what to do with him and, and, you know, how how to move forward. And you see that moment when you were... um, you were asleep or you were meditating and you get that vision from the avatars and you, you know, and you're just going through all these decisions that you've made. And as you're going through them, you, um, you are, are kind of evaluating whether they were overall wise or unwise choices just in your head. Um, the path spirals downwards. You continue to decline and it spirals in a clockwise direction. Okay. Um, I'm going to just take extra moment to soak in each of those moments. Um, Like just even more like each one, just in case this is it for me that I really reflect on how I feel about my own life and up to this point, how I felt about it. Roll a wisdom save. (laughs) That's a natural one. Oof. Dude, what is up with your ones tonight? I know. Okay. You pause at each one and reflect on it and continue on your way down this tunnel. You still hear the sound of running footsteps somewhere off in the distance. They do seem to have followed you into this tunnel, but you have really no perception of how close or far away they are. I will... Well, um, I mean, it's, it's like going down, it's still just the decisions and stuff yeah you're still just seeing these paintings and decisions and things i will look at each one with with equal weight and time not minding the footsteps and making sure that i do reflect um that doesn't the footsteps don't change my actions in soaking in my past decision okay um i will also look at Does the material of the tunnel change at all? No. It's the same material. I'm adding a die to the tension pool for the passage of time. Is it just every decision I've made? Yeah, I mean, it's lots of them. It's not every decision, but it's all the ones that have, like, been really impactful on your life. Your decision to leave your clan, your decision to join up with Fox, some of the decisions you've made with him. Okay. I'm adding a die to the tension pool for time. He definitely thinks uh, uh, when when he gets the ones with Spock specifically, he probably turned a blind eye way too much, or or feigned ignorance to it way too much, and probably should have uh, worked to help his friend more, stay out of trouble. I'm adding a die to the tension pool for the passage of time. Um. I'll get to the ones with regarding the group. Um, And I think he's happy with sort of the decision regarding like circles and everything. But again, with like Fox and Jeb, he probably turned a blind eye a bit too much without speaking out about it at least or bringing it up for conversation and not not attempting, um, I would say. Um, but he's been relatively happy with the interactions regarding other people throughout his life and 
actively trying not to kill anyone and being trying trying to save as many people as he can he has been happy with I'm adding a data of the tension pool for the passage of time are the footsteps getting closer no they're the same distance away As he gets farther and farther in, there is the decision to um, to essentially fight, uh, maybe even against his own will. Um, while he doesn't regret it, uh, because he has to acknowledge that it's just inevitable, and in order to complete his goal and see it through, he has to. He right. He still. He again recognizes that that was correct, and that he does need, will need to, whether he wants to or not. Um, and that's just the, the reality of life and situations is you don't always get to, do the things you want to do, simply because. Um, but, knows that, every, every violent action he does take has to matter and has to to mean something and has to be important for him to do it and to not just do it to do it which is what he regrets about going through the trial is not carefully evaluating and just trying to get it over with I'm adding a data attention pool for the passage of time he was um, especially proud during the uh the last um, encounter with the king uh, saying that we shouldn't force anything we should just try and talk to him and to get him to see our side of things and he was really happy that that actually played out and it actually went as well as it did um, he's proud of, of Fox and Jeb for that and Alan too but Fox and Jeb especially Die to the tension pool for the passage of time. That's six. I'm gonna roll. Okay. One thing he does uh, reflect more on is he didn't write home enough. Manning a die to the tension pool for the passage of time. Update his family on on his his. Uh, adventuring and his his plans and everything um and he swears that if he makes it out that'll be the first thing he he'll do at, at when he can is is right home and inform his his parents of his adventures and his being him being alive <laughs> probably worried i'm gonna add a die to the tension pool for the passage of time footstep is still just yep just running footsteps kind of echoing down to you. Um, he's he's gonna... gonna stop where he is and just see what happens with the footsteps to see who it is. Maybe even walk back to see if it's what it is okay. at this point. You turn and start walking back. I'm gonna add a die to the tension pull for the passage of time as you walk back the way you came. You eventually start to hear the footsteps getting louder and louder until it sounds like they should be 
in view. Like you can hear, you know, it's a distinct step versus the echo through the tunnel, but you still don't see anything. Okay. So it's just an echo. Uh, can I just see perception? Is there dust coming off the ground to match it? Go ahead, roll uh, perception. Sound. 11. 11. Um, okay, so you see in the portraits running through them a tiny figure, and as you lean in closer as it draws even with you, it looks like it's Makar running through the portraits. He doesn't have the rod. He doesn't look like he did when you met him. He looks kind of like how Alan described him um, from, you know, when they were younger with his, he's got his little handy tool belt on just like Alan wears. Um, he doesn't look all like worn and weathered in his face and he's just running through the portraits. He actually passes you and continues running down the, down the spiral tunnel. Does he look like he's scared? Like, is he oh. running from something? Uh, you could roll insight to try and find that out. I will roll insight. Oh, you gotta catch up to him. You gotta catch up to him and talk to him. What was that roll? 27. Oh, yeah. Um, he is running scared from something. Okay, I will run with him and keep pace. Okay, yeah, you catch up to it. He's a tiny little dude in the painting, so he's not moving particularly quickly compared to you. Um, you're able to keep pace with him, and now you are running alongside him down the spiral lane. I will tunnel. shout, what, uh, hello, can you hear me? The, oh, uh, hello. He continues running. What are you running from? I don't want to be stuck in here. He continues running. What do you mean? Well, I've, I've been in here for hours trying to find the way out. He continues running. Where have you, did you go through the other tunnels? What what tunnels? Where have you been? I've been running. I'm in this path. How There's do you all know these weird gonna... portraits on the wall of, of things I've done. Things you've done? Yes, the, the things things from my past and so, who do we know each other? I suppose so. Maybe not current version of you and me, but yes. What is that supposed to mean? I knew it. That, uh, does he look older or younger than when I saw him? He looks. I mean, you know, he's, he's dressed differently, and his face has clearly not been shaved for a while. But oh. like, you know, he looks about the same age. He's the same height and build and stuff like that. Okay. Um, you're you're Alan's friend, right? Alan, you you know Alan? Yeah, we're good friends. He died. Didn't he die? No, you did. I'm adding a die to the tension pool. I, I what? And he like misses a step and trips and like rolls and gets back up and then starts running again. What do you mean? I'm, I'm here. That's why I'm confused. Can I roll insight? Yes. Know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's a 10. Uh, you don't have any, like, 
clue as to what's going on with Makar. Um, you do feel like he's being truthful. Like you don't yeah. think this is, you know, he's not making up a story. This is not some facsimile made up by the rod to mislead you. What you're seeing is real and it's happening. Mm. Um, you, you do get the insight that he's not actually, you realize in this moment, he's not actually a painting running in the paintings. He's in, he's like on the other side of the painting. Like the painting is like a window and you are looking through at a Makar who is in another tunnel running through it. Can I jump through, or can I like stick a hand through a painting? Yeah. You reach out and stick your hand through the painting and you catch yourself on the wall because the wall is real, but you hit the wall and it like, you know, yanks on your shoulder a little bit, take two points of damage as it like, you know, because you're running. Um, But you swing and like slam into the wall and from really up close to the wall, you feel a slight click as your hand depresses something hidden in the wall and the wall between the two paintings that you've just run into disappears and in front of you is a staircase leading up. It's a spiral staircase and it's going the opposite direction. So before you were running clockwise, this one goes counterclockwise and ascends instead of descending. It's hollow in the center. So you can see the whole way to the top and you can see a little glimmer of light at the very top of the stairway. You hear Um, Makar's voice from somewhere off in the distance go, hello, stranger? Hello, I'm right here. Oh, I I didn't I can't see you anymore. Did you are you were you unpainted? I I don't have any brushes or I could try and paint you back. Can I go back to the painting he's at or is he still running? He's running, so he's, you know, two or three paintings away now, but you can catch up oh. to him easy. I found I think I found the way out if you want to come back up here. The way out? I I yes. do want to go the way out, but that's not on my pathway. I um I can really you reach through a painting. What's up? No, I asked him. Can you reach through a painting? Reach through a, a painting? I that yeah. would destroy the. I, I'll try. And then a few minutes later, or a few seconds later, you hear like a thud. Ow! I suppose I can. I my shoulder didn't like it very much. I what do I? <laughs> Ooh! And in the staircase that you're standing at, down beneath you, you see a door open and a silhouette is standing there lit by the ambient light of the tunnel behind him and then whatever shaft of light is coming down from the top of this staircase. You see a staircase. I'm on a staircase. I see you. You're taller. <laughs> Does he look taller? Yeah, he looks... He's Makar-sized. Okay. You you do too. Huh. I'm going to try and go through a painting to his side. He's in the same staircase as you. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm adding a die to the tension pool. Well, uh, do you think we should go up? I don't know. I feel like you've got the best sense of direction here. <laughs> I was going down. The arrow told me to go down. The arrow did tell me to go down, too. Seemed most prudent to follow the instructions of whoever engineered the place. But why were you running? Well, I've been here for a while. I didn't want to be stuck here. How long have you been here? Figured, you know, the tunnel can't be that much longer. Oh, gosh, nearly two days. Hmm. Um, I'm going to... You said there's a staircase going down and up? Yeah, I mean, it's one staircase. Like, it's a spiral staircase, but you can go up or down. Okay, and up was just revealed, and down is what we were going on. 
you were not on this staircase. Okay. So you were on a tunnel that was winding in circles. Okay. Inside that tunnel, like the inner wall of that tunnel, is where you are now. So now you're in a uh, vertical shaft that goes up, and it has its own staircase. Okay. And you said there's a light at the top? Yes, there's a light at the top. Can I see, like, is there a light down? No, there's no light at the bottom. Okay. I, once again, consult my soul rangers. Well, uh, we've discovered new information. Chat has added the sixth tension die. We roll again. Do we continue down like the arrow said and Makar is doing or do we follow the lights up? I believe um, it's it's fairly to me it, it would I, I would think that the downward spiral is potentially endless as Makar has been yes. obviously lost in this test for what he thinks to be hours and what we know to be um, years so I think it's fairly prudent to follow this staircase upward. Also, he was talking about the arrows at that three that three way. Yeah. He said he followed those down like you did. Yeah. I don't think he's talking about arrows on on this staircase. No, we should no. head towards the light. Alrighty. Well, I agree. Car, uh, let's do this together. Let's go up. As you say that, the light above you winks out. A few moments pass, and then you realize the light is still there. Something has blocked it and is now rolling down the staircase towards you. Oh, dear. You have 30 seconds. I'm putting a timer on the screen. Um, are there paintings? There's the door you came in through. Uh, I could jump out of that and hope that it just continues rolling down and then when it passes, continue up. 15 seconds. I think I will do that. I will jump through the door I came through and wait for the object to pass. I will try and bring Makar with me if he will listen. Okay, you jump through the door and you try and like yank him through with you and a little bit confused, he does come with you and you pull him into the hallway with you the um, whatever it is boulder rock obstacle rolls past bouncing down the stairs and then again there is light coming down I will go back to the door and start heading up okay you and Makar begin going up the stairs Makar next to you a little bit out of breath is like this was much easier going downwards than going upwards (laughs) I have to say for someone who's only been in here for two days I seem to have lost a lot of my stair climbing prowess. And you, the two of you continue climbing. I will uh, keep a mindful eye at the light to make sure nothing else falls down. And if it does, be ready. <laughs> yep. I am adding a die to the tension pool for the passage of time. Um, does the stairway look different than the tunnel? Like material-wise? Yeah, the stairway is wooden. Okay. And the the center is hollow, so like you could technically fall off to your left and like fall down the whole length of it. Well, I will make sure we're both careful not to. It's wide enough that you're not like precarious. I'm just saying, you know, that there's no wall on the on the side. Okay. Um, You continue climbing. I add a die to the tension pool for the passage of time. Uh, Okay. Um, Is there anything else? Or I would like to perceive anything markings, things as I'm going up that would indicate anything really at all mm-hmm. like more glyphs or something uh, with a perception of another 10 another 10 
you roll your 10 and you don't see any new glyphs or anything like that, but you do realize that the staircase is starting to get a little bit narrower as you're going up and the dragon does look like it's getting closer. It's just taking ages to get there. Hey, Buff, I'm it died of attention um, pull for the passage of time. Maybe you should try asking Makar, like, what he did. Like, talk, if he's already been through this trial, maybe there's something you can learn from him. That's a good idea. So, what happened when when you went through this? Did you? What did you see going through this rod? This. Why do you keep saying went? I'm I'm doing it right now. But yes, I I am in the rod. And when I first arrived, I was in a a large sort of um, venue or or audience chamber, and there was. Uh, I had to make a judgment decision between, you know, a, a thief and a um, and a murderer, and figure out who was to be executed. And I mean, naturally, you know, I was able to intuit, you know, which of them would be the right one. And I, of course, made the right decision and, and determined who should be executed very swiftly, and moved from there to the next challenge. And then I was presented with a beast that was poisoned, and there was there was only this particular antidote for it. And you know, the the men of the kingdom were too scared to go and search for it. And I searched for it for a little while, but determined that you know perhaps it would be too dangerous to leave the beast unattended while I went and searched and so I, I chose to give it the mercy killing and put it out of its misery and then I sort of woke up here and I've been navigating this tunnel ever since did you start so you just followed the arrow from the start oh yes much the best way to approach anything is follow the previous engineer's instructions that has some merit to it. I don't know if it's the right merit, but... Did you did you pay attention to the paintings when you were coming down? They were all just scenes from my life. Mostly of decisions I had to make. Do they make you feel any different about them? No, I don't think I really felt any different about my decision-making. It was wild to see all of the um, things that Alan and I did when we were young, though. You know, he was my best friend. How did you know him? We bet adventuring. He talked a lot about you. Good things, I hope. Yeah, until the end. Which is confusing to me. What do you mean, until the end? I guess I guess the rod took a part of you I don't know the rod took a part of what what are you I'm still in the rod I'm here I've only just started this thing two days ago and what was happening around you when you went into it around me I, I don't like, know like what I was, was the last thing you did room. before the rod I um I found it. <laughs> so you found it and then immediately went in here? Well, I... I yes, I, I have, um, you know, I had a use for it. And that use was... 
I, I needed to, um, I, I needed to understand the, the mechanics of, um, of how one travels to the outer planes so that I could build a bridge and bring them back from it because I was betrayed by a dark evil organization. I roll insight. Yeah. I'm fairly certain he's lying, but yeah, that's a better roll. 27. That last thing he said is actually true. Like his uh, his goal was to find a way to bring his wife back when she died okay. in the darkening. However, yeah. this this Makar seems to know only that which you already know about him. And you are getting the impression that maybe this Makar is not a trustworthy guide. In fact, you perhaps are starting to realize that maybe he's the test. Interesting. I mean, well, we did pick the same tunnel, but I chose to go up this that's interesting. Hmm. I'm going to die to the tension pool for the passage of time. You are now approaching the top of the spiral staircase. And in front of you, there is a door. And the door is only wide enough for one person to go through. And you know somehow that once one person goes through it, it will lock. Um, I guess I'll... Uh, perceive the door to see markings, what's it made out of, just just okay. the general vibes fit. <laughs> You're gonna do a vibe check on the door? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, 25. Uh, the door is like a fairly standard door. I mean, it's, you know, it's made of wood like this wooden staircase is, whatever. It does have the glyph that is at the very top of the rod on the nape of the dragon's neck um, is carved into this door. And... Um, next to you, Makar has also realized that you're examining the door, and he goes, no! And then he sprints and tries to get ahead of you. Uh, can I grab him? Sure. Um, make a strength check. Make a strength save to, like, you know, reach out and pull him behind you, basically. Uh, ten. Ten. You succeed, amazingly, uh, because he rolled pretty poorly. Um, so did so, I. <laughs> yeah, you're on a narrow staircase, the two of you, so it's tough to, like, wend your way around each other. So you pull him back, and you're now, like, next to him, neck and neck. What? What's the rush? I need to leave. I'm in the middle of a tuning. You are a challenge sent to me by this rod. How do you know that this is the proper way up? The engineer's instructions, obviously. They didn't instruct you to go up. There's this glyph right on the on the top of the rod. And how does why does that mean the way out? I'm going to give him a strength check opposed by your strength check to try and escape you. He got an 11. So strength uh, check versus that. I got a natural one. Ooh. Ah. He shrugs you off and runs up the stairs ahead of you. Could I cast a spell? Sure. A command to stop. His save is DC. Six Never mind, nine. he rolled a natural one. Okay. Uh, a lot of ones today. He, he stops right where he is, his hand literally on the doorknob of the door at the top of the steps. Oh, you've been running in here for two days. Why rush? 
Why not talk it out? Because I've been running in here for two days. And so what's another five minutes? You're very pleasant and all, but I am convinced that you are a trial I need to surpass, and I believe your influence is, is untrustworthy. Release so then me. Why don't, if my influence is untrustworthy, then you should go back down and go the opposite way I told you to go. Because I said, let's go up. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> He flickers. His image shimmers. Suddenly, instead of Makar, you're looking at some dark, faceless, shapeless being. It's sort of humanoidish, but sort of not, and then it fades back into Makar again. Can I... Does that insight it, I guess? Like... Sure. Is that supposed to freak me out? Uh, <laughs> that's a natural one. What in the world? It's spoopy. Throw that dice away. Burn it. It's a digital Burn it. dice. Put it in its... Burn the internet. Burn <laughs> it down to the ground. To the last atom. <laughs> that's a that's a demon possessed random number generator. Demon possessed random number. What a, what a phrase. Sorry, Josh. Continue. <laughs> I was busy adding "burn the internet to the last atom" to our quote bot. <laughs> Uh, it's one plus eight, if that means anything, for a total of nine. You just know it's spoopy. You saw it, but you can't figure out what it might mean. I, once again, consult the shoulder angels. This is quite the decision. Only one person can go through. It desperately wants to go through there. I'm putting a 90-second timer on screen okay. to represent the one round that command lasts yep. while you consult your angels. I mean, bro, just push them. Push him through or push him away so I can ah, F him. That doesn't answer the question, shoulder. Just push him down. There's a hollow. You'll fit. This, this is about this taking... Isn't, yes. This isn't a compassion test. This is a wisdom test. Yes. But is, is the proper thing to compete for the thing that it's trying to do, or is it more wise to recognize that what it wants is not what I want, and then find a different path. I think perhaps it just wants to screw you over. And perhaps it trying to reach the exit before you might screw you over. I mean, if that is the intended goal, but there's nothing to indicate that this is the right way. 34 well, we, seconds. You yep. know it's a test, that he is the test. The test could be push him down the hole. You, or at least go through the door first. You found this staircase by doing something that Makar did not suggest you do. You found that on your own. 15. You found the light without Makar's help. Now Makar is trying to take advantage of the things you found. What I you will, do next is up to your intuition, but know that you forged the path five. to get here. I will go That's through true. the door. You're just leaving him on the stairs? Yeah. As you go through the door, he like almost otherworldly like... <laughs> snarls at you but you get through the door just as he like reanimates and tries to move you slam the door shut on him and as that that sound of the door slamming shut reverberates around the cypher truck where jeb fox and owlin have just woken up um well owlin you were there the whole time but you just they've just reappeared um 
And Zothka, so your Alan eyes... doesn't have memories of Shoulder Angel version of him. Nope, because it wasn't oh, it wasn't Alan. Alan who was so there. So interesting. Um, okay, your your eyes flicker open, and Zothkug, your eyes open, and Zoth sitting in front of you, holding the rod. You find in your left hand a very very small onyx dragon's tooth. But not the rod, or the rod is still there? You have the rod. I'm just saying, okay. like, now there is also clutched in your hand a very, very small onyx dragon's tooth. And do I sense magic from it? Uh, it seems magic-y. Looks like it probably <laughs> is part of the rod. Okay. I am so glad to see you guys back. What uh, wow, that was a... That was a... Oh, hey. Zoth, uh, you're back. I did it, I suppose. What do you mean, you suppose? You... you attuned? I did. Alan, like, sits back, like, relieved. Like, oh. You don't seem happy about it. Zoth, the rod in your hand is still, like, you, you don't feel any different. You don't feel any more connected to it. It still feels like it's waiting for something. Yeah, I'm, I'm reflecting right now. I... I just feel bad for all potentially letting you guys down. Letting letting us down. I don't. What do you mean? I'm gonna. What happened in there? Is the is the tooth look like it goes in the dragon head? Yes, the like dragon is missing a tooth. I will put the tooth in as I as uh, Alan says that. As you reach up and you set the tooth in place, the scepter breathes out a like a, a charlatan's fire, like it, it doesn't hurt or anything, but a little puff of fire comes out of the top of it, and you feel in that moment that you have been attuned to the rod, and as the little puff of flame goes away, and it all simmers down, and everyone is kind of looking at you, trying to figure out what you're talking about, and you're reflecting, you hear a voice in the back of your head go, let's do this together. I, uh, in my head, I also say, let's do this together. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session, it comes to a close. I want to explain the mechanic that has just happened here because, um, it's going to affect Zothkug moving forward. So, Yo, no. Zoth, <laughs> when you roll a nat one from here forwards, when you roll a nat one for the next minute, your will is corrupted by the rod and you become alignment evil. Oh, wow. And that is the rod attempting to exert its influence over you. You passed a correct number of challenge. Like, so, so there's, there is a mechanic here, but it is dense and complex and I won't bother you with all of it. You numerically eliminated everything, but a nat one. So you did a bunch of great jobs, but there is still that element because you made it to the third tier, the like tiebreaker tri trial, the rod is able to exert some level of influence over you. So when you roll a nat one on a 20, not on like your D sixes or whatever, but when you're rolling okay. a skill check and you get a nat one for the next minute, your, your will is corrupted by the rod attempting to exert influence over you in all the times that is not present. You are attuned to the rod of wisdom and you have all of the benefits that the sages of old had received from it.